All of the music that you hear in today's podcast is from Academicos da Hoshinia. out there welcome to the brazilian beats where we are getting to, getting to know the brazilian percussion and music making community one interview at a time this here is courtney and i am diana hello hi how are you um i'm sick of being at home but i'm i'm gonna be here <laughs> for the long <laughs> haul <laughs> um yes i've converted uh, one of our rooms into an office so i work here Monday through Friday, and here I am doing podcasting on <laughs> Saturday. So. Saturday. Yeah. How about oh, you? Sweet. How are you? I've been entertaining myself with um, this Halloween skeleton. <laughs> Skeletoni. Hashtag Skeletoni. I've been putting him around, and I put some uh, PPE on him and took some pictures of him washing his hands. Nice. Then I had this idea, I was talking to Brian Davis about egg shakers, and I had this idea of like making Skeletoni go around the yard hiding egg shakers. For Easter. <laughs> For Easter. Yeah, Easter egg shakers. <laughs> so I have just been entertaining myself that way. You and Skeletoni are busy during the quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I keep putting him back in the box and like sticking him back in the garage, and it's like this process because I got to get this ladder out and do the thing, then I get another idea, and then I'm like, crap, I got to get it out again. <laughs> Just leave him hanging up somewhere. I know. Well, I left him hanging in the living room for like, I don't know, five or six days. Luckily, Tadimdia is very um, <laughs> understanding of my weird hobbies. Nice, nice, nice. So, Courtney? Yes. Did you hear about this uh, website called gosamba.net? I have heard about that. Funny you should bring that up. I heard that they got some new things online. Wow. New chimbao straps, rainbow chimbao straps, and nice. black chimbao straps. And uh, also those, um, you know those agogos that are made out of Brazil nuts? Yes, I think I want one. I'm going to have to order one. I uh, got some of those. I love yes. that sound. I know, me too. I was trying to, to think about how to describe it, you know, because I'm writing descriptions mm -hmm. for everything. And the thing that kept coming to mind was like Ewoks. <laughs> it kind of sounds like... <laughs> Ewoks would play it. But, uh, yeah. If you guys would all do me a favor and tell your friends about GoSamba.net, that would be amazing. Uh, also, I wanted to talk about um, our friend, a friend of Portland, friend of the podcast, Dudu Fuentes. Friends of many of you guys. Um, he is teaching lessons online during this whole pandemic and everything. Everyone's learning to uh, use new technology and he has as well. So he's doing um, lessons on Zoom. And I think some lessons through some other platforms also, but um, you can pay him uh, online and uh, take lessons online with him. They're really fun. And as you know, he teaches all kinds of different instruments and he knows how to play almost everything. So percussion wise. So uh, 
yeah, look him up. We'll have a link to that on our website at uh, thebrazilianbeat.com. Go to do.com. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Go to do.net. Yeah. No, that's not it. <laughs> no, no. We'll put the links in. Yeah. So we had a really fun uh, little chat with uh, our next guest, didn't we, Courtney? Yes, Rob Akari. I had so much fun editing this episode because I just kept laughing. We were having such a good yeah. time. Yeah, he's he's a just a fun person to be around. Um, I met him in Brazil, and he's just a fun hang. And yeah, I just yeah, it was a really fun time to not think about um, not think about the pandemic. Exactly. So, Rob, let's talk a little bit about him. Melbourne-based musician Rob Akari has been teaching percussion for the last 18 years throughout Europe and Australia. Rob specializes in both Afro-Brazilian and Afro-Cuban folkloric drums and percussion with a special passion for the music from Rio Samba schools. Originally from the UK, Rob played with a long line of samba groups across Europe from a young age, including... Including... Including Vergivai, Bloco X, a London School of Samba, and Bloco G. Paris. After moving to Melbourne, he founded the group Bloco 3K, and that was in 2016, where he remains as the mystery of the Batseria there. Bloco 3K focus is on both Samba Carioca and Samba Hegi. Since 2017, Rob has also the musical director of Marica 2 Estrella du Mar, which is another another group based in Melbourne, and they play Afro-Brazilian traditions from northeastern Brazil. In late 2017, Rob was a founding member of Unidos da Cacatua, an, Aus- an Aussie and New Zealand-wide samba supergroup uniting players from across the region. After working as tamborim director, Rob became Mestre de Bateria in 2019. Rob is regularly studying and performing in Brazil and has just returned from another trip to Rio where he was busy performing once again in Carnival. This year he was making the official parades with Estacio Gessá, Imperatriz Leopoldensis, Academicos da Rochinha, and Maracatu Tamboris de Olocum. Uh, he was playing chimbao and hipiki in those groups. Alongside his appreciation of Brazilian music, Rob is also deeply passionate about Afro-Cuban folkloric traditions, especially the bata drums and songs of Regla de Ocha. After dedicating many years of his life studying this style, he swore to Anya in 2017. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you on the other side. Going. Okay. Diana, what's up? How are you doing? Hey, Courtney. Sorry, I was just taking a drink of my Moscow Mule. <laughs> <laughs> You're quarantini? Uh, yes, exactly. It was a rough week, so I yep. thought I'd get a drink here. Working from home. We're Cheers. all quarantined. Oh, well, not really quarantined, but we are separated. Stay. Yes, we're staying safe. Yes, yes. Who do we have today, Diana? Wow, we have somebody... From across the globe, we have Rob. He's in the future. He is in the future. <laughs> we have Rob. It's pretty bleak, guys. It's pretty bleak over here. <laughs> we what have... happens tomorrow? <laughs> you don't um, know. <laughs> You've heard our guest. It's uh, Rob Arkari. <laughs> hey, guys. With a hand gesture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Lovely is... 
Rob is joining us from Australia. Uh, Melbourne, is that correct? That's right. Yeah, I'm in Melbourne. Nice. The land of Mad Max. Yeah, exactly. It's already post-apocalyptic there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, it's a kind of a crazy time, and we'll be talking about that. But uh, Rob has like just a massive amount of experience um, at Rio Carnival, correct? Oh, I wouldn't go that far. I played the last couple of years in, in, oh, okay. in, in the carnival there, yeah. But with a few groups. And many hats, many crazy hats. Yeah, lots of hats. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the hats then. <laughs> yes, I saw the hat posts. So we're, so we're really excited to have you here with us and talk with you. Oh, it's great to be here. Really, a uh, real pleasure. Thanks for, for the invitation. And I've been listening to your podcast for a bit and really enjoying it. And um, yeah, great to be involved. Oh, thanks. Yeah, everybody's suddenly free now that um, yeah, now that our schedules have all freed up. Totally <laughs> yeah. around the world. Now that none of us have any income or, or employment opportunities right. whatsoever, right. <laughs> people all suddenly got loads of time for podcasts. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So tell us about uh, like, well, I know that you're not from Australia. So tell us about where you're from. No, where I'm you not grew from, up. I'm not from here. I'm from uh, from the UK originally, from on the south coast, a place called Brighton. Um, so I'm from there. I've been over here for nearly nearly seven years now. I've been in Melbourne for six. I was in Sydney for a year before that. Um, just became just became an Australian citizen, so that's that's quite nice. And I've got the security here now as well. Uh, but I'm here for the foreseeable, I reckon. Right on. What yeah. brought you there? Uh, a woman. A woman. Uh, oh, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, my ex was Australian, so um, her visa ran out in London, and then she didn't have to ask me twice to, mm. to move. I'd been over to Sydney once before, and it's um, it's a beautiful place. And yeah, we came for a year to figure it out, and then I ended up staying. That was uh, that was the vibe. It's, it's a good spot. Have you guys ever been? No, I want to. I have a friend in Brisbane that we've been friends forever, and I really want to go to Australia. Cool. Ma- well, you, maybe you after the me. pandemic. Yeah, maybe after that. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Once the travel restrictions are uh, have been lifted. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So tell us, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in music? Uh, yeah, sure. There? Um, yeah. Totally. So um, I used to kind of play, uh, what did I, do? I used to kind of play some bass guitar and stuff when I was, uh, I don't know, younger, maybe 11 or 12 or something. I used to have lessons and I kind of didn't really engage too hard in it or take it too seriously and then the whole like percussion thing started a bit later when I was not that much later I was still a teenager I guess um I was part of a a youth theater so like extracurricular you know Sunday afternoon I think it was go to this place and you know do theater stuff make plays do that kind of thing performances (laughs) Anyway, uh, so that was yeah, Brighton Youth Theatre. Big up, uh, Julia Box. Shout out to Brighton Youth Theatre. Uh, used to used to be there, and um, we made a video once, and um, it was like a video of a play that the that the, the theatre company had written itself, and then they wanted they got some funding to do a soundtrack to the video, and for that they got in these guys from uh, a group called Red Zebra, which is like a uh, bunch of lovable hippies that would do sort of percussion. Uh, workshops and stuff and so yeah it did like it was like a junk percussion mm-hmm. workshop series to then then we wrote stuff based on the the, the play we were doing whatever anyway, we wrote a piece put it together banging barrels and 
pots and pans and, and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I kind of got involved in that, playing there, really enjoyed it, and then started getting involved in some other one of, its, of their projects. Um, some like they did some like integration projects between mainstream school kids and special needs schools and um, and that kind of thing. I was involved in some of that um, for a while. This was all when I was, I don't know how old, maybe 15, 16, something like that. And then, and then one day out of the blue, I got a phone call from some woman that I'd never met or heard of saying, hi, is that Rob? And I was like, yeah. She's like, I hear you play bell. I'm setting up a samba band and uh, I need a bell hmm. player. Do you want to come try out? And I was like, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I never met this person before. And I was, I don't know how old I was, 16 or 17 or something like that. I can't remember. Anyway, I went and tried out for this new Samba band that was being made in, in, in Brighton. And, uh, they gave me a, a go go and were like, okay, here, we want you to play this. I can't remember what it was. Some, some basic kind of Samba thing. And I played, you know, showed me once I picked it up and she's like, great, fantastic. And then the next thing was like, okay, now we play, uh, we play this tune in six eight. So here we just wanted you to play this and play it like you know the the classic six eight or twelve eight bell line. You know, that's 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 that that that. Um, she's like, just it's just this. You know, she wanted to play this. I was like, okay, cool. And then like my whole mind was twisted and like <laughs> I had no comprehension of how that <laughs> of how that thing worked or what was this weird time signature or what was like. It totally melted my brain. And I tried and tried and I thought I had it and I failed a million times. Anyway, somehow they still went, yeah, okay, cool, you're in, uh, <laughs> even though I completely failed on, on that front. And then so I started playing with them. Um, it was a band called Brinkadera, which is one of the list of many stupid, stupidly named groups outside of Portuguese-speaking <laughs> countries. Uh, <laughs> Brinkadera, which later became Brinka because nobody could spell Brinkadera. Um, or knew what it was, or could read it, or do you know what I mean? You, always yeah. people trying to name their bands Brazilian names, and then yeah. no in non-Brazilian, non-Portuguese speaking countries, and then nobody can spell it or whatever. Anyway, they changed it to Brinca, and then it's, they still managed to get that wrong. Um, can you? Can you? I'm gonna stop you for a second. Could you get back up on your microphone or whatever you were doing? Oh yeah, before? sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, away. yeah. I'm Great. Sitting back. Okay, right. Do you want me to go backwards? No, back. don't worry okay, about cool. it. <laughs> no. Cool. Uh, so yeah, I played with these guys and then ended up learning, learning like we played like a bunch of fusion stuff. We never really played. We played some batucada, but like just in rehearsals because the 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 standard wasn't good enough that the the boss would put it out. Do you know what I mean? So we played some batucada doing that, but then mostly we played some samba hegi, some and a bunch of like fusion stuff, but using like the the battery instruments that you'd expect from uh, that you'd expect, you know. So yeah, anyway, what year, what year was this? What year about was what that? year was this? That would have been roughly two thousand, two thousand ish. Okay, yeah, uh -huh. about them. Um, yeah, I reckon you two thousand. So yeah, then and then I just started playing. I basically became like the swing or one of the swings in the group there, and just learned to play all the parts um, for all the all the instruments and just understood how it all worked and stuff. Yeah, and we'd go out and we do like choreographed. Um, it was a pretty cool group, actually. <laughs> we do like choreographed routines. The whole band would be choreographed uh, whilst we played, and then we had a horn section, like blasting tunes, and then the, the drums would cool. be to that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Like some pretty wild costumes. Um, yeah, it was cool. So anyway, played with them for some time, learned bits and bobs of different things, and then um, 
uh, kind of started to learn, yeah, learn how to play each of the instruments and got a bit obsessed with the, with the tambourine and wanted to learn how to play tambourine uh, properly, you know, to play kaiteru and whatever. But there was no one really around at the time in Brighton that was playing that. There was a few, like for Brighton, it's just like a, it's a large town. It calls itself a city, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's really just a large town. I can't remember how, what the population is. Someone can Google it, but it's not big. It's pretty small, but for it's a really small place. It's got, um, it's pretty left wing, pretty like right on artsy kind of place. Um, and it's got, at that time there was like five samba groups in a, in a, like a big town essentially. So it was in kind of, just Brighton. Yeah. Yeah. Brighton, oh my goodness. Yeah. That's quite yeah. a few. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like what Chris Quaid said. He was like, well, I grew up and my parents had a samba group, but there was like three or four <laughs> other ones in town. So I decided to join one of those. I was like, jeez. Yeah, exactly. Like in, I don't know what it's, I don't know quite what it's like in the, in the States. Um, there's uh, one maybe in in the bigger cities. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. And there's a couple of smaller cities where there's some crazy person who decided to start one in a small town. But there's not much going on here. Yeah. yeah. Like in, you know, in like, like you have there, right? Or at least like there is in Europe. There's definitely not five in one city. Yeah, but it's like no they have their, they have there. This is this is. I mean, that's five in one place is is you know exceptional in in the UK. I reckon that's you know it was really high. Uh, for the UK, but as a gotcha. as a thing, like samba in big inverted commas, um, for whatever you want to call it, or at least bands playing with those drums, you know, in that kind of that kind of way. Um, there's loads of it in like community settings in the UK, and it's really known as a thing. Um, everyone kind of, if you anyone walking down the street, some granny would would see one, they would say, "Oh, that's a samba band." They know that that's a samba <laughs> band. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. in the public consciousness and like kids know what it is because it kind of happens in schools a bit and like it's used as a tool for learning and all that kind of thing it's kind of in the public consciousness whereas that's cool yeah it's super cool and like throughout europe as well like there's some yeah it's, it's similar you know throughout europe and yet yeah, there's in some places there's some uh groups that really that go quite far down the rabbit hole do you know what i mean like that, that really take it seriously and try to do stuff um true to uh true to what's coming out of brazil or do you know what i mean to actually play mm -hmm. like like samba carioca or to you know to really understand that and to play yeah kind of well so there's groups uh there's some really incredible groups in europe um and you know some in the uk and uh yeah which is great so anyway i was there was a there was a heap of different like samba in inverted commas groups in brighton but none of which were playing like samba from Rio. Do you know what I mean? They were playing lots mm. of samba regs and lots of like funk stuff or like drum and bass fusion or whatever. Um, so anyway, that was, uh, that was out there. And then anyway, I wanted to play samba. I wanted to play tambourine. I think I saw, um, they made an encontro. They made um, a big encontro in, in Brighton. One of the, one of the groups there is a crew called Carnival Collective um, who, play total mashup stuff it's uh they're not really playing samba but they're uh they're all like carnival vibes and mixing dance music and stuff and, uh and putting it on these big drums anyway they made like a big a big event and invited bands from across the country to come and play and from europe and made loads of workshops and had some great teachers there and stuff it was cool and 
there was, I remember that was the first time I saw, there was a crew out of Paris called Saint Batouk, uh, who are still going and they've been going, what? I think like 21 years or something like that. I think it's more. I think it's 25 wow. or 26, maybe closer to, close to 30. There's another crew in Paris that's Aquarella just had their 30th year last year or the year before. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, but they're playing really well, you know. And I remember seeing the, the tambourine section at that time in Sambatouk was just the, uh, the absolute tits. Um, of all of of all of like it was clean like yeah it was amazing i don't think i've ever heard a clean (laughs) okay yeah maybe i'll cut this part maybe i will cut this next comment out but i have (laughs) outside of rio i have not heard a clean tam line yeah i I just leave it at that i know it was it was you know it was proper and uh like they you can say tits (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I will say tits tits. courtney i just won't let anybody know you said tam (laughs) Oh yeah, Jimmy. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they were they, they were just awesome, uh, and I saw this and I was like, whoa! You know, I was like, whoa! You know, totally like inspired by this and like mind blown. I was like, right, I want to do that. And then so I just taught myself how to play, uh, or I kind of got shown how to play, or and then like you do with tambourine, to, to you just got to practice. So I just yeah you know, get to use the rehearsal space early and get there and practice on my own just trying to get this kind of up to speed and whatever anyway ended up joining a band in london and uh commuting up there from brighton which is like uh how far is that it's maybe it's like 70 miles but then i'd be mm-hmm. going public transport so t- kind of take me mm. you'd have to get across london as well which takes forever so then it would take me to two hours at least or two and a bit, two and a half hours to get there for rehearsals and then two and a half hours to get home. Mm-hmm. And I used to kind of, I used to go to this band and rehearse with them every week just because they, they have, they had this, this crew called Virgivai. Uh, so I used to play with them and they, yeah, they were their best in, in, I reckon they were the best in, in London at the time. Um, uh, mm. Big up Joe Hansen. Uh, Mystery of the Batteria there. Yeah, really cool. So I used to play time with them and then that was it. And then uh, that's kind of how I got into it. That's a very long rambling answer to your question, wasn't it? <laughs> do, you, do you feel like groups go, Yeah, it seems to me like there are groups here that are like, they're kind of, uh, what am I trying to say? Like um, sort of, they use the instruments of, of Batterias in Brazil. Yeah. Um, but they kind of play their own thing. They're like inspired yeah, kind of groups. Cool. But then there's then there's like sort of purists that like want to do it like they do in Brazil. Is it kind of the same? Totally. It sounds like it's kind of the same totally, thing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly that. It's like, um, and which is totally cool. And, and that's um, yeah. whatever music people want to make, that's amazing. And people should do it. And it's a great, um, you know, playing big groups of, in big groups, playing drums together is a fantastic thing to be done no matter what you're playing. And people love it and people like, you know, get into playing yeah, yeah, funk groups yeah. or whatever, or like, yeah. uh, you know, things inspired by hip hop or things inspired by whatever it is and transposing that stuff and putting it on these drums. People like it and people know it as well. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm, it, like mm-hmm. outside of Brazil, people don't, aren't born with this, this samba swing and whatever around them all the time. You know, they, yeah. they, they grow up listening to whatever they grow up listening to. So then if that's getting, if it's those kind of grooves that are getting played on 
on drums that's fun and it's accessible and for the audience as much as anything and then but also just to play it to learn how to play it's if that's what you've been exposed to around in your life then it's also easier to to learn and you can make those things more readily accessible to people to play and yeah does that make sense you know so yeah Mm -hmm. there's groups yeah totally uh, totally i mean the uk is full of groups that do that kind of stuff and then mix in some kind of influences from brazil as much or as little as they want and then there's some groups that just like are led by someone that wants to play samba and if they want to play samba then they make samba and then they do you know what i mean but it's it's trickier yeah and you need it kind of you need to be the best groups that are doing that are in bigger cities because then there's a bigger pool of people and there's more chance that some of them are going to know how to play this stuff already do you know what i mean like to try and achieve that in a small town is quite difficult because then in most likely you've got to teach most people from the ground up um, yep which is tricky and it's and especially when it's like i say this kind of music that isn't uh inherent or isn't you know you're not surrounded by it the whole time like many you know, if you're trying to teach people how to play for the first time, if you're teaching, like I've taught a bunch of Brazilians how to play um, for the first time, when I mean, they're not used to playing and they're not used to, you know, playing percussion or whatever, but they, everyone's kind of got that swing within them. They kind of understand mm-hmm. it to hear it at least, mm-hmm. um, even if it takes them, you know, so for them to get um, to get past the boundary of and that hurdle of being able to play uh with swing is is easier than a gringo you know if you're trying to teach gringos how to play with the field then that's a massive um interesting observation do you not do you not think that or... uh i haven't i don't think i've ever taught a brazilian to play okay i, th- I, I haven't think, had that experience i think there's a lot of like especially here in the u.s when a brazilian may have not played or danced mm. you know back home like you know, in a performance level, but then they get here and they, yeah, I think I totally agree. They learn it a lot quicker and, and, um, definitely learn at a different rate. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess we had a Surdu player that picked stuff up like really, 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 really fast. It wasn't necessarily a swing thing, but he just learned like, Yeah, had but, never played before ever, but was also a dancer. Like he's a fajo yeah. dancer and okay, then samba dancer, and he just was like, yeah, yeah, right away. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. did that become your um, primary instrument at that point? Tambourin, yeah, yeah. That was totally uh, like I, you know, had the basics down for everything else, really, or you know, and at least understood how it all worked together and could play a bit, and even if the technique was a bit off. But um, and then tambourin was the thing that I was playing the most then for sure and yeah and until until i came over to to australia um i was playing tambourine the most uh, and is yeah, that what you it. played during carnival this past year as well no no not at all i was playing um uh this year because then since i came over here i've been here for seven years and then i've been doing some other stuff i i rarely get to play tambourine here in australia um so here i've been directing you know leading groups and stuff and then playing some hippies and my hippies gotten a lot stronger than it was because i there was no one playing it and i needed somebody to hit the calls and stuff so um yeah and so for me now playing hippie at speed with uh stamina is 
way easier than playing Thumber Room at speed with stamina because mm. because I'm playing it all the time. It's just it's it's there and it's comfortable. So I mean Thumber Room, you know, it's Thumber Room I'm you have to kind of keep up with it, I think, a bit. Otherwise you start to it yeah. gets it gets tiring. Do you know what I mean? It, it, the more yeah. you do it, the less tiring it is and the more relaxed and comfortable you are and you can just keep going for ages at, at whatever mm-hmm. speeds. But then um I think if you stop playing for a while, then you kind of you fall out of that kind of conditioning. Do you know Def- what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So anyway, so what was I playing? Uh this year I was playing um uh Hapiki and Chimbal. So I played uh I just got back yeah, I was parading with uh Hosiga. I was playing Chimbal with them, which was awesome, and then I played with Imperatrice um Hipiki and Estacio Hipiki as well. And then Chimbao with um, Tamboris Yolokum, the America too. I was just chatting with Garni earlier this week. Oh, yeah, cool. How's he? Yeah, we're trying to get him him on on? here. But, well, yeah, trying to, but he doesn't have, uh, he only has an iPad. And so this is hard to do with just an iPad. We're trying to figure out something. For sure. I mean, I'm sure he can borrow... Like anyway, <laughs> this is a by the by. Get him to borrow a laptop off someone. He's got he's got a, he's got a very big uh, uh, group of and support network there. There's a lot of people yeah. in Rio that love that love Garnizé. So anyway, I you know I'd lend him my laptop. I'm sure a million people, other people would. <laughs> tell him to tell him to borrow a laptop off someone. Okay, I'll do so. <laughs> cool, get him on. Yeah, he's great, I and mean, he's he's. Uh, I've got a I've got a lot of time for Garnizé. I've got a lot of uh, a huge deal of respect for him. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a he's a great guy. He is. So when did you start going to Brazil? Did you do that before you left the UK or did you? No, no, no. I, man, I, the first time I went to Brazil was, it was just three years ago. That was it. I was playing a lot and studying a lot in, in the UK and Europe and then everything was there. And I was kind of in, um, uh, yeah, working like part-time with music and then part-time in whatever hospitality and these kind of things and, and living in London, it's kind of, it's really expensive, uh, mm-hmm. uh, to live in London. It's an incredible city. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's pretty crippling. Um, unless you're a high earner, which I never was. Um, so then it's kind of this thing of, you know, prioritizing where your money goes and whatever. And uh, like a trip to Brazil yeah. would have been great, but then it never happened. And anyway, first time I went was, Three years ago, and then I went last year, and then I went this year. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, that was the first time I went. Right on. So, that would be 2018, I guess. Oh, no. I okay. Think I, 2017. I met you there. Oh, we okay. Met, we met last year, right? Last year, 2019, yeah. At Carnival, yeah. So, we met, yes. we met Carnival time, uh, 2019. Um, but then I'd been there before to study in a course um, – in 2017 in november um i went and did a course yeah i kind of saw this so a friend of mine a guy out of the uk irish guy called jp i don't know if you know this guy yeah yeah uh, you know him? yeah he's, he's, does he do trips well, i've never met him but i've talked to him on you know social media yeah he's cool he's a really cool guy i really like him big up jp uh i was just chatting to the other day he's um so he's a great player, an incredible player, and he's got some groups in the UK and sort of across Europe and does this. He's got a nice tight link with the with the guys from Monoblock. Um and so he um brings people over, um like Fabio over from, from Monoblock to sing with mm-hmm. his crew there. He's got a group called um 
Carnival Transatlantico and um, another group as well. I'll let him, why don't you get him on for an interview? He can tell you all about himself. <laughs> um, but he's cool and he's a, he's a great player and he's a great teacher. And anyway, he's, a, he's an old friend who used to play like Batar together years and years ago. Um, and yeah, he's just a good mate. Anyway, he runs his, these trips. Um, these, he basically organizes courses in Rio every, every year around October, November, something like that. So it's yeah, like, I've seen his trips. Yeah. yeah, I mean, basically the way he runs it, you do, you pay for a two-week course and he sorts the accommodation out. And so Monday to Friday for two weeks, you have a class in a with a different teacher or you know, a group of teachers. And so like, mm-hmm. for example, three of them would be in a different Ishkolaji Samba. And then, so when we went, we studied with Viraduru, we studied with um, Salgueru and Mangueira. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I didn't know he did that with the Samba schools too. Yeah. I know our, a friend of ours who comes to Portland all the time, Dudu Fuentes, I think he's taught yeah. workshops to Yeah, and so JP. I studied from Dudu yeah. there as well. Because then... Yeah. Um, but as, as part of Duhio, so, so one of the days we did this with, with, uh, okay. with, with Duhio and Duhio was there teaching. Uh, yeah. And then one was with Monoblock and one was with some Jongo and one was doing some Candomblé or something, you know. So it's a mixture mm-hmm. of things. Wow, um, cool. Yeah, really cool. Well, well put together. Like not cheap, but the value is good. You know, the value is great. So it's yeah. kind of like... Yeah, right on. Anyway, I just, I've been seeing this and for years he's like... He's always like social media spamming all this stuff every year, which is, you know, <laughs> yeah. totally. Yes, I think that's how I've seen it. Yeah. Totally. I mean, that's, that's, his, that's his vibe, right? That's what you've got to well, do. Well, I noticed because his last name's Courtney, too. So that's uh, yeah, of course. Name. Of course. You know, yeah. Exactly. Like, who is this? Cut from the same <laughs> JP Courtney. <laughs> yeah, I, could marry, I could marry him and be Courtney Courtney, by the Whoa. way, everybody. <laughs> I don't think you'd want that. <laughs> Courtney Courtney. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. So, yeah, I've been seeing all these. And like different friends going on the course, and I'm just like every year just getting super jelly of, of all this stuff going on. And then he, mm. he but yeah, going, oh man, why have I never been? Yeah, or, you know, yeah, whatever. yeah. And it's just, I saw it one year and I went, you know what? You know, fuck it, let's just do it. Uh, it's going to cost loads of money. Maybe I don't have the money, but I'll find the money. I'll just put yeah, a deposit nice. down and then went and did it. Uh, and that was it. And then it just kind of, awesome. that opened a bunch of doors, which was great. Um, and that was it. And then so it's, then I'd been and I was like, right, well, okay, I'm just going back for carnival. Yeah. <laughs> you know? How, how uh, does it work when he goes, takes everybody to a samba school? Do they, like, how do, what's, can you describe that? What's, okay. Um, so he does, as in to, to study, you mean? Yeah, you were saying, like, he, they go to different samba schools. So yeah. do they have, like, different directors come out and teach you guys? And yeah, yeah. Show? So, I mean, be the, be the maestri and, and uh, directoria, some from the, from the, some of the directors. Oh, yeah. cool. So, like, Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we go, because, you know, he'd line it up and figure it all out. And so we'd always go and do it on the day of an ensayo as well. So we go learn in the afternoon, study for a few hours. And then um, from, yeah, from the maestro, from, and the, and he'd have, the maestro would have some, some directors there as well. So there'd be a group, teach us a bunch of bosses or whatever it is they want to teach us. And then um, afterwards, they'd make the ensayo. In the evening, it'll be, you know, and that time it's gearing up for carnival as well. So people are, you know, everyone's got their sambas locked in and everyone's just, yeah. it's, you know, full rehearsal season. Uh, and then we'd be there and either play the ensayo if they, if the mystery wanted to let us or, or just watch and be involved and, you know, cool. soak it all in. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's cool. So that was, that was the first time I went, which was ridiculous that it was, that it was, um, that taken that long. Do you know what I mean? But it was great to go. And it was a good opportunity. Uh, I mean, 
yeah, I see myself going back a fair bit. Nice. One thing that seemed cool about his tour, like I kind of looked into it at one point and I did not have the money. I don't mm-hmm. know what year that was, but um, he was, JP was kind of like, well, send me a video of you playing because I want to make sure. It kind of seemed like he wanted to take people who sort of knew what they were doing, oh, which I thought was kind of 100%. awesome. I thought that was it's not for good because, you know, you do, that's, I mean, no offense, but like you don't want to go on a trip. No. You want to pay loads of money. People who don't know what they're doing, you want to go with some like, yeah, this is how you hold a stick. No, come on. (laughs) Right, right. I just paid loads and loads of money to be (laughs) here and I'm here. But also it's like, what a waste, you know? Like I, right, yes. I'm here with, I'm here with, you know, the mastery of one of the, uh, one of the best schools uh, and, you know, in the world, one of the best, one of the best uh, people that could ever possibly teach me something. And I'm here. And we've wasted it because somebody's got to learn how to hold a stick. No, oh, yes. On. You know, what yes. a waste. Like, yeah, I've yes. seen people. Yeah, it's the same. I've seen people bring masteries over to to teach in other countries. Do you know what I mean? And then run beginners workshops. And I'm like, why are you doing that? What a waste. You know, like there's there's always someone local that can teach beginners how to do stuff, and then just get the mastery to teach. People right. that can play. You know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on that a little bit, but I think I disagree because if you do have a beginners workshop where it's all beginners, I think that exposure for beginners, at least here in the United States, they sort of get to see that like if you're trying to teach people who've never seen samba before they sure. sometimes sort of question like your knowledge and think you're crazy when you tell them things you're like no this is you know but when the mystery comes in and like repeats what you just said like and uh-huh. repeat, says it again and then they're kind of like oh you know, you I don't know you know validity. what I'm saying like yeah. Maybe I just don't have respect for my peers, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's kind of what I've experienced. Like I feel like beginners get a lot out of that because they sort of get the the feel of it and the sort of the energy behind it, and they I don't know. I think there is value to that as long as it's like a separate class. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's what my issue is. Sorry. Yeah, totally. It's like if the class is open to everyone, and then you've got yes. Do you know what I mean? Like um, yeah, that's the issue. Is people people not put in. some what's the word levels uh yeah not making separate levels of of ability for classes that just irks me you know there's also the point that people don't acknowledge what their actual level is too (laughs) you reckon i think so i think people overestimate themselves (laughs) (laughs) i do that constantly (laughs) it's great Uh, <laughs> no offense anyone out there yeah. <laughs> you losers <laughs> uh yeah totally yeah yeah, yeah no, you're right you're totally right Courtney it's absolutely inspirational and um 100 agree with that and it's great and also is these people should be getting the work and should be like if there's an opportunity for them to be teaching then they should be teaching because they're the ones that have put their lives into this thing and they've um do you know what I mean? Like, like giving that yeah. back and giving these people opportunities to to, to go abroad and um, earn money and expose themselves yeah, uh, to exactly. other people. Great, hundred percent, exactly. totally behind it. My issue, yeah, I, I retract any previous comments. My issue <laughs> is with people not putting different levels, levels. on classes and just putting everyone yeah. in together. That's what irks me. Anyway, there we go. Said it. Said my piece. <laughs> Cleared that up. Yeah. <laughs> So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to go back a ways here. Um, So, you participated with Bloco X? Yeah, a little bit. Still in London? Yeah, a little bit. Like, I mean, it was um, the, at the time, the, um, so at the time I was playing with 
this this group that used to exist, Virgivai, and the, the mystery of this group was a guy called uh, Joe Hansen, who's amazing, a really, you know, incredible teacher and incredible wealth of knowledge, this guy. He um, was also one of the mysteries at uh, Block OX at the time as well. So I kind of got, um, everyone in, in Virgivai kind of got an instant invite, uh, I think. Uh, like Virgivai was a... It was like an invitation. It wasn't a community group. It was like you've got to be invited by the mesh mm-hmm. to play. So mm-hmm. you've got to know what you're doing and and be able to play, uh, you know, to whatever standards he cool. he seemed cool. fit. So then that's the, awesome. that's kind of the same deal with with uh, Block OX as well. So it's not Block OX yeah. is you have to be a level a certain level to play. And mm-hmm. uh, I think they they make people do like tests and things to get in. I'm not sure, uh, but I kind of skipped that just because the <laughs> boss was my boss or whatever so um yeah so I, I basically I went and rehearsed with them once and that was it and then stayed friends with a bunch of them and then it's the same thing of not having any money and like the gigs would be in Europe so um mm-hmm. you had to you had to fly to go and play and I didn't have the money to go and do that so I kind of didn't do that but yeah they're a cool bunch I made some there's some great friends from there anyway you had a question and I just interrupted you <laughs> Mm, did you, Courtney? What? Did you have no. a question? Oh, no. well, uh, I have a whole bunch of questions. Just you played with Blockerx. <laughs> yeah, I, this is this is this is my involvement with them then. And but then how ago. how about London School of Samba? Again, I never really played. I was never a part of London School of Samba. I just mm-hmm. kind of um, so the same crew that I was talking about, Virgivai. This like it was. It had members from all over. And from there's two main schools in London. So there's um, uh, the London School of Samba, and then there's a group called Paraiso. And um, the a bunch of players, or you know, great players from from both camps, were would play together in Virgivai. So the, you know, mm-hmm. whoever Joe would invite. So there was some some great players from Paraiso in Virgivai, and some and some great players in the Mestres of um, London School of Samba as well was in Virgivai. So we used to play together a lot. Um, and then we played together in some other little groups that happened in the years after. Um, but yeah, so the mayor Fred from, from London School of Samba was a mm-hmm. good friend. And, um, he, and also the, the head of the tambourines at the time, Karen, she, uh, yeah, was the head of LSS Tams. Anyway, I played with them at carnival uh, one or two times. They so there's a big carnival in London called Notting Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, which yes, is mainly, yeah. which is awesome. So really, really awesome. It looks awesome. Have you, you guys, uh, uh, either of you been, Diane, have you been? No, um, yeah. a friend of ours who lives here now who's from London, Adam, um, mm-hmm. has played in it before. Yeah, um, it's cool. It's not really a Brazilian carnival. It's set up as a, it was set up by um, the Caribbean uh, population uh, in London. There was a big, uh, big migration, I don't know, my history's not so great, so I don't know how many years ago, 60 years ago or something like that. Uh, lots of Jamaicans, Trinis, uh, Bajans um, moved over to London. And anyway, they kind of set up, That's the carnival comes from their mm-hmm. traditions. There's a lot of Trini, Trini stuff going on, a lot of like steel pan bands, and then there's like um, massive, like huge flatbed lorries with as many huge... The, the most speakers you could put on a on the biggest truck you could have on the thing, yes. and then somebody playing soca, yes. soca tunes like uh, through the laughing <laughs> it through the through the awesome. sound system, and then the the band, the mass band, is like they call it in in, in 
Trinidad is, is, is just the dancers, right? So it's just a crew of dancers just walking behind the, you know, or winding their way down the street <laughs> behind the, the massive sound system, just smashing soca. So that's most of what Notting Hill awesome. is. It's that and then like, and like sound, static sound systems and dance music and, uh, you know, people cooking the smell of jerk chicken everywhere. And, um, and yeah, it's like piss all over the streets. Like you like the same as any carnival ever anywhere. Oh, it sounds um, like real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same as any carnival anywhere. Right. And you know, everyone just having a great time, but there's a few, there's a small like Samba contingent as well. So this, the Brazilian crews in London, especially in some from greater, you know, in the UK play there. And, um, so LSS, Parade, Paraiso Parade. There's um, there's a Maracatu in London that parades. Well, didn't Paraiso bring bring the the mastery from Mangueira this past year? No idea, no idea. I'm pretty sure they did. Walid mm. from Samba Diary, he did a whole post on it, and they had like floats and everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> they had they brought all these people from Brazil. It was cool. Yeah, they, it seems seems they take and it pretty seriously. Too, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paraiso kind of. Uh, the two the two schools there, LSS and Paraiso, Paraiso seem to like. I'm, I've got some good friends who've played with them for a long time, and some great people. Um, yeah, but they seem to take it very seriously, and then LSS yeah. take it seriously. But their primary goal is to have a laugh, whilst to, whilst to have fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, which is cool, and right I, I kind of I like that yeah. mentality. Yeah. Anyway, so me playing with LSS, I would just play. Like I got invited, I was a ringer, basically. They needed some more town players and I went and played. And sure, sure. I was in Europe a couple of years ago and I went to Coburg Festival and, you oh, know, basically nice. messaged them and went, hey guys, you know, can I can I play? <laughs> I'm going to be in Coburg. And they're like, yeah, cool. So I just uh, went and played with them there and, you know, just kind of, they're, they're old friends and they're great. So if I'm around and they're playing, then, you know, either they might invite me or I might invite myself to play. <laughs> that's kind of, <laughs> that's our relationship. Um, yeah, but they're a really cool, cool bunch and they're really inviting and lovely. So if anyone's ever in London, look them up and go and play. Uh, they're, well, they're yeah, we people. would like to interview their directors. So Fred, maybe you yeah, can hook us up. We've been Fred? trying to interview Fred, but I think he's super busy. Okay. Not now. Not now. Free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not now. Not now. You're stuck. Nobody has an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> right. So when you were there, when you were still in the UK, uh, yeah. were there a lot of uh, Brazilians coming over uh, to do uh, workshops yet? I don't think there was. No, there wasn't heaps. I wouldn't say there was heaps at all. Um, a lot of it was a lot of the knowledge that was being passed around at that time, or the vast majority of the knowledge was being um, spread by Europeans or Brits who mm-hmm. had either learned from other Europeans or Brits or had been to Brazil and, and a mixture of the two or whatever and had learned gotcha. there and, and, and or self-taught or whatever. What the status is, what the state of it is now, I don't know because I haven't been there for a while. So, But that's kind of what it was. Uh, it seems the like there's a lot I mean, of mysteries Mr. traveling through. Mr. Jonas was there. I, mm-hmm. Mr. Jonas was there like in... I don't know when it was. I studied from him. Yeah, uh, I've seen videos. Like yeah, two thousand and five, maybe something like that. Around that. Oh wow! I'm, I might be totally wow. out years wise. Um, but then, so I yeah studied with him a couple of weekends and workshops when he was. Well, doesn't Nilo, Mister Nilo, go there a lot? He does go there. Yeah, so he's going there fairly often at the moment. Um, and yeah, when I was playing in. Coburg with LSS the other year. He was there mm-hmm. with LSS. Um, 
So yeah, he's going. He's going every year, I think, to yeah to France. Like. Um, certainly, and then making a little tour around Europe. I think that's what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I, back in back in the day, in my day, in my day, um, <laughs> there wasn't so much. Mm. I didn't think. Interesting. So then you um, headed to Oz. Yeah. And uh, you found existing groups that you started to play with, or how did that come about? Yeah, so uh, I moved to Sydney, first of all, and... Um, yeah, I I moved and I, uh, there's a group in Sydney called Bateria 61, um, who are awesome, really, really great guys. Um, shout out Jeff and Ulala, um, the guys who run that. It's a really nice what crew. Is, and What is uh, the 61? Uh, 61 is the, is the, 61 is the phone international dial-in code for Australia. Oh, okay. Plus six ones. You guys have got plus one, right? So if you're abroad, you mm-hmm. go one and then type the number here. Yeah, plus six one. Uh, so that's it. Yeah, Bateria Sesentium. They're a really nice group, and I had a hookup through Fred from LSS before I moved, and I was like, I was like freaking out before I moved because was, I was moving to the other side of the world and scared that I wouldn't have people to play a heap of different things with. Uh, yes, yeah, I thought there'd be people playing samba. I was really scared that there would be no one playing bata. Um, which I was more into at the time. Anyway, I moved across and I had a hookup with from Fred. He was like, go and speak to the guys at B61. And then there's, uh, you know, before I moved, I'd messaged them. They're like, yeah, come. And so then I just went and started playing with them, which was nice. I was playing tambourine with them for a, for a year whilst I was there, uh, which was cool. Yeah, they're nice, good bunch. Um, yeah, some, some good players in there and, and just a nice, really nice crew. And then moved to Melbourne. And then when I got here, there was there's some groups, there were some groups, existing groups here, um, but there wasn't quite what I wanted in terms of um, samba mm-hmm. to play. Uh, but there was America too here, um, which is America that I'm still involved with. So there's a group called America Two Estrella Del Mar, who um, who were going, and they the messenger uh, at the time, a guy called uh, Newton. Newton Perez, uh, shout out to him. And he's great, you know, he, you know, really knows his stuff. And uh, so I started getting involved playing with that group when I came here. Uh, had you played previously? Uh, so America too, yeah. I had played some mm-hmm. like years ago in the UK, but not like, I was never a part of America too group. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd like, I, uh, in one of these bands that would play a heap of different stuff, you know, I would play, we would play some Maraca 2 arrangements on, you know, the wrong drums. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I understood, like, the the basic rhythmic structure of everything, how everything fits together and what all that kind of stuff. And then I listened to a fair bit of it. You know, there was a, um, yeah, listened to a fair bit, done maybe a couple of workshops and stuff of, of actually actual Maraca 2 as well as um, just having this basic, basic knowledge, but then uh, learned a lot when I came uh, when I came to Melbourne um, from this group, which was great. Uh, yeah. Do they? Do you guys bring teachers, or where? How had how did had that made its way to Melbourne? The had it, the Maracatu made its way to Melbourne. It was set yeah. up um, 
I don't know how many years ago. Um, it was set up uh, a few good few years before I moved here um, by a Brazilian guy called Antonio Antonio Moreira. Uh, he uh, is a guy from Recife who used to play a lot mm-hmm. in, but I think he played mostly in Canada. He moved to Canada at some point. Anyway, he played there, moved to Melbourne. There wasn't. Mm. He can tell his story, um, but I, you know, he set up this manager too, and then. This other guy uh, that I was mentioned before, Newton, he is also from Hasifu and I think also played a lot in, in Canada. He's a, so Batakero with um, uh, Nassau, uh, Aurora Africana uh, in Hasif. Anyway, he's here and then he became the maestri of the of the America to him. So, I mean, he's you know brought a lot of knowledge with him. Um, I think Garni's been there, hasn't he, to Australia? Garni, Garni has been to Australia, that's correct. Um, he's not – I don't know if he's come – I don't know if he's taught Manukau 2 here. He's been here to um, – been to Brisbane, certainly, I think he was saying, and, like, done some stuff at some universities or something. I don't know mm. if he's been here teaching Manukau 2. I want to mm. uh, – the plan is to bring him over and, um, and organise some workshops for him here. Um, I just need to – that's obviously gone a bit, little bit on hold as the current uh, COVID nineteen situation develops. Yeah. We'll we'll see how that works out. But then, yeah, that's the plan. That was question the for you on Monica too, because that's yes. my that's my love. It's your um, jam. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys play a certain style? Like here, and mostly in the states, uh, we play Estrella Bianchi. Yeah. Um, like I have friends in Japan, and they play uh, Puerto Rico. Yeah. So, how about you guys? We- we play a mixture. Um, so we play a mixture of stuff. We play, um, yeah, stuff from stuff from Australia, stuff from Puerto Rico as well. There's like um, I spent a bit of time studying uh, with with some of the batuqueros from from Puerto Rico there, and also mm-hmm. playing with playing with their uh, Bacchus of Pina in in Rio. Uh, it's one of their children, one of their child groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we play some some Puerto Rico arrangements and sing their songs and play their style. We also play uh, some Estrella and some uh, Aurora Africana and some Leo Coroaro. So yeah, like a a bit of a mixture. So when we're singing, I guess when we're singing songs, we try and stay true to the Nassau that that the song is from. If the song is from one specific Nassau, mm-hmm. um, in some ways, and then. When we're just playing without without songs, then we kind of we kind of move between things a bit, which maybe isn't uh, well, certainly isn't traditional. But playing more than one nation style is not traditional, right? So, right, uh, do you know what I mean? It's all yeah, it's all done with as much respect as possible. But then, uh, yeah, so we kind of mix things up a little bit with that. Cool. Yeah, Courtney. Diana. <laughs> Rob. Uh, Rob. <laughs> we're just saying names of people who are on the call. Here. I'm here. <laughs> so I thought, am I wrong? You're directing that group now, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you take over? Um, Maybe longer than I think. Maybe three or four years. Um, three years, maybe. Um, so. So the previous mastery um, left the group um, and there was kind of like an interim period whilst there were all kind of like previous mastery took a break 
from the group and was going to come back. And then there was this period where the group was kind of like um, rudderless, um, you know, kind mm-hmm. of people were just going over the same stuff in rehearsals or whatever. And then I got asked to, by this time, I'd already set up um, Blocker 3K, which is a Samba uh, project here in Melbourne. Um, so I was busy doing that, but then I was also playing with this group and I got asked to, to, to lead the rehearsals and stuff. To, and then I was like, okay, look, I'll do it in the, in the interim whilst, whilst the measure is taking his break. Sure. I'll do it for that. Um, so I do that and I was kind of going over same stuff in kind of creative ways, but not also this weird thing of not wanting to teach new things to, step on the measure's toes when he came back or whatever. I don't know. Sure. Sure. Um, so doing that. And then, and then it became a point where they, uh, he made a decision. That he, he, he couldn't come back or he wouldn't come back or whatever it was. Um, and so then the, the market to, the market to set up as a, as it's a not for profit organization. So it's like, um, it has a committee and it owns itself and it, you know, it owns its own, all its own drums and whatever. Um, and so they then asked me to to be the the musical director of the group, and to which I, um, yeah, I kind of there was a bit of a time where I was like, uh, look, I can't do this for free because I'm already working a lot on this other project, which isn't really paying me very much money. So um, <laughs> um, I was like, I can do it if you pay me, basically, uh, which is a bit weird. Uh, but then uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a weird situation. It's like you know, it is. You know, it can be, yeah. Yeah, it's it's awkward. It just gets awkward, and especially when it's yeah, I don't know. Anyway, but it's like, look, I can't, you know, I can't afford to spend all my time doing this as well as that unless you pay me a bit of money. So then they agreed to pay me a bit of money, which is cool. Uh, especially so, to do it right, you know, if you're yeah, which like is like a work, working musician and exactly, you know, you know spending my time planning what's going to be done and yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. It just I'm not I'm I wouldn't want to do it half fast, you know, I want to do, a, do yeah. a proper job of it. So, and that was the, that was the deal. Um, so yeah, so they, they employ me to be their musical director, which is, yeah. And it has been for maybe the last three years, which is, mm. seems a lot longer than, than it is in my head, but I think it's about that. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you find that a lot of your musicians are crossover, like in Block 3 k are they playing Monica 2 as well? Yeah, yeah. There's, so there's a, there's a few, uh, there are certainly a few crossovers and then, uh, you know, there's so people might start in one and then end up going and playing in the other one or, or playing in both and then ditching one and just playing, you know. Um, mm. Yeah, so there's a few and then there's a bunch of people that are just, they just play in the Madoka 2 and there's a bunch of people that just play in the block. Um, mm. They're set up quite differently, the groups. The Estrella uh, de Mar is, it's like a, it's an open community organization and it welcomes anyone to be involved and wants, wants everyone to be involved and as many people to be involved in it as possible. So people can be total beginners and um, come along to that and we'll teach you how to, uh, how to play and how to get up to speed. Uh, whereas the block, it's, it's open, but it's, how do I, <laughs> it's a little bit of a blurry line. I, I just can't have people turn up and not know how to hold the sticks sure. of the drum that they're supposed to play. Do you know what I mean? I don't have like a, there's no set like beginner's structure for that. And it's a bit trickier. Mm. I, I find it trickier, especially with that because I'm doing all of the, all of the sort of directing. And then because there's so many 
parts involved, you know? So there's yeah. what, maybe eight or how many parts they're all different and everyone's going to know how to do their own individual thing whereas with the marika 2 there's what four essential parts you know and then right. everyone yeah. everyone who comes they learn how to play the fire first unless they you know really want to play a bay or something or they're a, they happen to be an awesome kaisha player when they turn up and go okay cool play kaisha and then at a later stage at a later stage if someone wants to change and learn something else then great we uh, facilitate that however with the samba it's like i find it it's really tough to try and juggle everything and keep everyone, um, keep the group amused. If you know, all the people that play and can play yeah. to keep them entertained and whatever, if uh, more beginners come into the group, if you know what I mean? It's always that balancing act, that juggling act, which I find How, is tough. Are, is there any beginner class there in Melbourne? Are there with where, where in, somebody could learn who doesn't know anything in terms of Samba? Are you talking? Yeah. 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 I mean, yes. Uh, like I run, I run some like intensive courses, uh, mm, which is a structure cool. that I've been doing, which I'm kind of doing every six months or something. And then I come, oh, right on. I'm trying to like pummel them out. I basically do three long Sundays, three consecutive Sundays and like three and a half hour, four hour sessions mm. and teach everyone how to play every instrument, which is. Um, oh my word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know. have section leaders that help you at all? No, Holy no, because everyone's cow. everyone's learning everything at oh, the same wow. time, and then they like, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty full on. And so it's, like everybody's learning kaisha at the same yeah, time, then everyone's yeah. learning, and yeah, then yeah, everyone okay. learns how to uh, peeky and, and you know, but whoa. which is That's pretty. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of came up with this method, and I don't know if it's the best. It's an interesting <laughs> model. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, my my like my way of thinking is that if you understand how it goes together, like how the framework yeah. fits. Yeah. Then you get where your part should be. Like, you know, people not having yeah. reference points is really, that's what makes people not play so well, I think. You know, if, like, yeah. if you know, if you understand where the, if you're playing samba, you understand where the, uh, how the kaisha works, then you know at any point in time, if you hear that first double beat or whatever, if people are playing, you know, that, that classic MCMA line, then you know that's the one, you know? The same, like, if, you know, right. the tessero, I mean, you hear the syncopated side straight after, that's the one, you know, or that's, you know, the syncopation is hitting on the four or whatever. It's that understanding how the framework fits together. That's, yeah. no matter what you're playing, it just makes you play better. So, like, right. that's my that's my thought. And then also just giving people, like, a taste of, like, this is how it all works, you know, uh, even as much as, like, tambourine teaching people to play kaitero in this time and stuff, it's like, Here's all this stuff. And then at the end of it, you can kind of choose what you want to specialize in, you know, like, but having a taste and some flavor from everything. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's the way I'm doing it. How does that work? How does that work? Like it, like, can you lay that out a little bit? I'm, I'm really curious about this. So you have like, you said you have three long Sundays. So is it like the first couple hours is one instrument and the next couple yeah. hours is another. And the next week we do the, like some more. I know. Yeah. So like, I mean, I just started one last week before the uh, the venue that mm. I'm using closed down due to the coronavirus. So <laughs> weeks two and three will will shout out to the coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 
So <laughs> those will continue at a later date. It gives them loads of time to practice their kaisha. To practice, yeah. yeah. it's great. Yeah. So like, you don't start them on Encima, by the way, do you? No, but I teach them the line. <laughs> so I, okay. I mean, I, I put them on Encima if they're if they're playing if they can play in Baisho anyway. Then I'm like, and then I've got some other people that can't play in Baisho that just can't play. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah then i go right yeah. okay you're sticking yours up on your arm so that's all we mm. challenged here you know um yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah so like the first thing i teach is the surus and like just the basics like everyone everyone's gonna play understand where the where the primero is where the segundo is where the tercero is and where how they how they turn and how they enter from a call that's it like gotcha. absolute basics like so everyone will yeah. be playing this or marking it and then swapping around drums and you have to play it from every single side you need every perspective to under to to really get it that's a For that's me, great yeah like that's you know if you can you can put someone you get a newcomer playing and you just say right here just play the segunda because you know it's just the one and the three and everyone can do that right whatever they just kind of you without the reference without understanding where your part is with everything else you they mm-hmm. you get lost and you do you know what i mean and there's you know the kitchen's like swinging over the top of you if you don't understand how that swing works then you like yeah where yeah. is the you know people lose where the beat is or, or whatever mm-hmm. you know just mm-hmm. just not as solid and i think with that kind of understanding yeah i think it comes from comes from from playing from playing bata from playing cuban bata and studying mm-hmm. this um like when I first went to learn, I, I, I learned the Aconcola, which is so the Batalis, for anyone that doesn't know this, it's like the, the drums. The, yeah, but the, the drums is, it's the drums used within Cuban, Afro-Cuban Santeria, within uh, like the equivalent of Candomblé. Uh, but yeah, so it's three drums and you play in a set and it's all very set stuff that you play. The repertoire is all kind of fairly fixed. Um, and the smallest one, the Aconcola, is the one that you learn First, traditionally, like, you know, kids who just learn, they just play this. And so I started learning this, and there's loads of stuff going on between the other two drums. And a lot of what you do on the Aconcolo is the same always, you know? Like, you're 75% of every single rhythm that you're playing, the Aconcolo's role is to keep time and go, kila, Hold it kila, down, yeah. Kila, kila, whilst the other two are doing all this, like, mind-bending uh, Right, uh, conversations, yeah. Yeah, conversations, but also just, like, um just the the way that they play it plays with time and time signatures and all this kind of stuff loads of stuff on top of each other it's all it's very confusing um when you first start to do it and but your role is to just go kila 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 until something happens and there's heaps of stuff happening right all the time all these conversations all these movements between the other two drums and then as soon as one of them plays a specific thing you have to react and change what you're doing and i found this like in really 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 tough like to, just to play kila is okay but to, to be able to not get distracted by all the other stuff that's going on mm-hmm, and then have, yeah. and then suddenly be able to react to the cue and to know to be able to yeah remember yeah. what the cue is once i've been listening to all this other stuff you know what i mean and then it wasn't until that i'd learned the other parts that by learning to play the totally and the yeah the other two drums i became a much better conqueror player um, mm. and I 100% and because I know what's being said you know I know the language and it's like drums are a language and it's like if it's you know you're listening to this and it doesn't quite make sense and you don't know 
what to say back. You 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 right. You can't do it. But whereas having the context and understanding the whole of the conversation, knows yeah, and the when songs you, and everything. Yeah, all, yeah, all this kind of stuff. Exactly. It's all reference, right? The whole thing is just a, a way to give you reference of where you are and what it is that you're doing and and what you should be doing at any point in time. So I took the same kind of ethos to the to to samba, right? So it's the same thing, like to understand how everything fits together from every from all the different perspectives at least to a little to a small degree is going to improve your playing of whatever it is you're playing um it's going to give you the um the ability to know where you are and what's going on and and to appreciate what's happening i suppose um yeah but i realize it's also a pretty tall order do you know what i mean like it's not <laughs> doesn't make it the most accessible thing for everyone and um it's kind of you know it's a fairly big task but it seems to work like these formats that i'm doing at least you know the times when people are people are there people are getting through it and they're learning you know they're learning to groove and they're learning the fundamentals of what is rio samba and Mm. learning it from every perspective and it's it's you know it's helpful but i think maybe do they hear about your uh, do they find out about it through seeing the 3K perform and then? Sometimes a bit. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty shit at um, advertising. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm really no good at. Like I like you know helping people play drums. I'm not so good at all the rest of it, which is kind of involved. Uh, so so yeah, some, do you? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, so do you solely organize the group? You organize. You are the musical director. Do you? With the block, I do everything. You're the. Uh, publicity or lack of publicity <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> this is my issue, and do you yeah. and do you have dancers uh the blocker does not have its own dancers there's oh, okay. um but we work with uh so there are heaps in australia there's like there's not that many um like samba crews playing no, not many mm-hmm. samba bands mm-hmm. um but there's heaps and heaps of samba dance schools like yeah um, i've noticed that like, yeah because they've got ha- they've had samba congress there in australia right yeah, yeah yeah um there's loads of loads of dancers loads of uh well, primarily women just get really into it and like people teach from you know there's different schools some of which are like uh fully into it and you know and some do it as like a fitness thing and some do it as whatever but it's like samba dance is much more known and in the public consciousness than um samba drums here so anyway mm-hmm. so there's heaps of dance schools about and we we work closely with one um uh which the crew calls global tribe entertainment is their name uh samba sitas they're they're lovely um they're really cool guys so i mean we kind of get each other gigs um you know if we have a gig and we need dancers then we shout out to them and get them involved or if they have a gig and they need drummers then they shout out to us and get us that sounds good so yeah, yeah cool. it's kind of like like a mutually beneficial thing but then we're not exclusive to one another either so like if they want to uh they want to dance with some other drummers then cool go for it and then if likewise you know yeah so what's the what's the scene in australia we talked about in europe but mm. are, is there like a samba group in america too and every sizable city or what's it's because I, I see that you have like a super group that you do once a year yeah i would yeah uh, do it all, all, it's been like three times a year um but yeah I'll get, oh three times a year oh awesome yeah um or it has been anyway so that's so there's two things there <laughs> what's the scene the scene is um 
the scene is growing, is what it is. So, like, mm-hmm. um, it's not like it is in Europe. In Europe, it's it's pretty. Uh, like I was saying, there's heaps heaps of groups, yeah. and you know, even even in like, if we're talking, you know, community bands, just banging drums, you know, and having fun <laughs> rather than, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like, a, you know, which I know what you mean. Yeah, totally cool, but not uh, not necessarily playing Rio Samba vibes or. There's heaps in the in Europe and, and the UK, uh, like you know millions in France, in Germ- Germany, like you know every mm-hmm. every town you know bigger than eight people has a samba group. It, it seems I don't know. Um, yes, but here in Australia it seems less so. So there's there's a few, um, but also Australia's like a Australia's a really big geographical place. It's huge, and then like right, it's really low population uh for the size so and everyone right. is virtually everyone is located in one of well, how many five cities or whatever around the on the coast and they're all spread out really far so um, right so yeah that's kind of the the main thing and there's i mean i'm just talking about the the east and south coast there's on the west there's a city the big, biggest city over there is a city called perth they've got a, few, a a few groups and I've never been there. I've never been to Oh, they do. Cool. So I don't, um, they've got a few groups there and like one of which has been going for 30 years. I saw the other day. Wow. Which is, wow. Yeah. And I'm like, what? They found it in <laughs> 90. Yeah, exactly. They found it in like 1990 or whatever. But I mean, they're kind of, it's, it's, it's a community group and it's, uh, they're just doing what they do. Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah, like, yeah. 30 years in of Aquarela in, in Paris and those guys are like, you know, steam in Batucada that is, you know, just hot. Uh, you know, it's a different mm. thing. Uh, they're just kind of right. playing drums and, and having fun, which is awesome. Uh, but yeah, over here in on the East Coast, there's kind of one. So there's, uh, here in Melbourne, there's two or three Samba crews, uh, you know, Everything's samba in, in like inverted commas at the moment. In Sydney, there's one, two, three, three or four in like Greater Sydney, pretty big. Hmm. Um, hmm. In Brisbane, there's uh, Samba Hegig crew up there, um, and then there's there's America Two up there, and then there's a um, another samba crew that might or might not exist. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> and then there's a there's a crew in um, Canberra, Adelaide. And there's oh. a crew in Adelaide. There's a couple of crews in Adelaide. Yeah. So basically, from this, there wasn't really so, because everyone's so spread out. It's like there yeah. wasn't so much uh, community uh, in the kind of a, a national level or um, whatever. Not that nobody it was being nasty to one another, but just there wasn't kind of like. <laughs> Yeah, reasons for, interconnection. Yeah, yeah there wasn't there wasn't that so much. And anyway, so this the group that you then also mentioned, the crew called um, Unidos de Cacatua, which was set up uh, a couple of years ago, two years ago, or just two and a bit years ago, um, maybe three, by a Hungarian guy, guy called uh, Petru, who was living in Sydney and playing with um, Battery Sixty One there. And yeah, he's a friend, he's a great guy. And he used to play with Blocker Shees, the Blocker X in Europe as well, uh, before he moved across. And anyway, he wanted to set up something, uh, a bigger group, like a something cool. to unite 
the community. Yeah, um, yeah. And cool. that's, so that's what this project, Universal Kakatua, became. Um, so then I got involved with that as the, I was the TAM director when they started. He was the maestri. And then he's since moved to uh, Canada. So he's moved away um, and I've become the maestri and another guy's the, the TAM director now. So this is. So where does everybody meet? Do they meet in Melbourne or where? No, do you we guys meet, meet? where we meet all over. So we we basically oh, cool. the format we run with this. This is it's kind of like yeah, it's this big uh, nationwide group. Anyone that plays in other groups is welcome to be a part of this group, and um, we don't put any limit on the on the level kind of thing. Like we're not doing Block OX send us a video of you playing and yeah, look it yeah, up. Yeah. No, none of that. Um, <laughs> so people can just, people can join, but you're the only stipulation is that you're expected to play, to know how to play Rio Star Samba to, to whatever degree, but you're supposed to know how it works and to play what you're, you know, your instrument that you're choosing and right. that you're playing the correct instruments. Like, you know, no caches must have, wire on the top do you know what i mean no yeah. no snare drums yeah. with, with yeah. off, off a drum kit or you know that kind yeah. of thing um yeah you got to play the correct instrument and you got to know what you're doing to whatever degree and then we try and keep the standard as high as possible um as well as a, as a group but then the way that we meet is that we so we'll generally find an event that we're going to play at which lately has been in contours we've been like in the last couple of years, it's been this real push in the national, um, nationally, basically people are organizing events and inviting all the groups from interstate to come visit. And so we'd make an event, um, like Sydney have been, have been doing it. They led the way, um, organizing these encounters in Sydney would always invite everyone. And then inevitably it would just, just be the groups from Sydney that would play for a few years. And they, they kept at it <laughs> and then kept inviting <laughs> nice. people. Yeah, exactly. And do you know what I mean? They like, you know, they invited my group to come up for a while. I was like, ah, okay. You know, uh, is there any, is there any kind, any kind of money involved anyway? Cause it's really, ex- it's expensive to get right. 10 uh, people. to take all those people, mm-hmm. yeah. and, you know, to get however many people and a load of drums up, you know, interstate, you know, it's like an yeah. hour's an hour and a bit's flight. Um, this is expensive for everyone. So is there any way we can get any kind of money back to then um, just go towards, you know, a little bit, a little, a little yeah. dent off some people's travel and they're like, no, you know, their whole ethos is like, no, we don't charge anything. So there's no money. You just got to do it if you want to do it. I'm like, eh, well, you know, it's just a bit much. Anyway, that kind of carried on for a bit. And then eventually this, this group was formed, the, the Kakatoos. And with that, I think there's kind of a bit more, it kind of adds a bit more value to an event as well. So basically people, are, mm, it's, right. it's mainly been at these encounters that we've been putting on. So this has been happening in Sydney. They've happened in Adelaide. We made one here. They made another one in Adelaide. And they were just, we were just about to have one in Canberra, but that's just been shut down mm. uh, for from the, the virus. But it'll reschedule. Um, yeah, so making these events, inviting groups, and then, so people would go and play with their group, and it'd be a showcase basically. So between uh, between ourselves, you know, so playing. For oh, our, nice. Playing for yeah, our cool. peers. So like, they get, like show you like this is you know this is what we're doing, and then other people play, and yeah, I mean, the well, other like, groups play. Yeah, oh, so that's like cool. we, we made the gig, and then what's been the general thing is the gig would have each of the bands are invited to come and play, and if people want to, and if they have enough members that can do it, then they come and do it. So then, you know. 
and we go to Adelaide and then Blocker 3K will play and yeah, well, the cool. audience is all the other bands plus some public, you know, <laughs> like it's, sure. it's, sure. much, yeah. it's yeah. as much, you know, it's sold as tickets to other, you know, to, to the greater public, but then in the audience, you've definitely got everyone from all the other bands as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, so they get to see what we're doing and then uh, Sasamba from, cool. from Adelaide will play and then we see what they're doing and as will the greater public and then so about 361 and then everyone will see them, you know, yada, yada, all these I yeah, actually saw, yeah. see all these groups playing and then at the end Unidas Kakatua will play which will generally be everyone that's played so far all together with a different yeah. t-shirt on playing as one band you know and um, Qu- question for you yeah do you guys wear big hats for <laughs> no, <laughs> big bird no. hats no the, the the hat game is uh is fairly low um some of the guys are, <laughs> But yeah. how did you you th- this name is mean this name means cockatoo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean a cockatoo is a native uh bird here, right? In in Australia and New you Zealand. Don't wear big feathered hats? Mate. We oh. we're really you know, come on, but I'm just trying we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to get the, the music sorted first. Give us a minute, you know? Like, <laughs> okay, okay. I mean if you wanna come over and start, you know, mass producing cockatoo hats, we can we can <laughs> Might have can, to do that. Yeah, please, please. The the door is open, uh, and it's open for anyone. If, if anyone's listening from the cockatoos, if you want to start producing awesome cockatoo hats or costumes for a hundred people, then please. Um, there you yeah. go. So anyway, yeah, the format, the way we do it is that at these events we make one rehearsal. We try and send out material to people before, like yeah. on video wise. You know, like here, this is these are the the, the bosses we're going to play. Learn your part on this, you know. And that's it. And then cool. we come together, we rehearse on the morning. It just becomes a really, it becomes a long day, but a good one. So then yeah. say the gig is on a Saturday, which it inevitably is because people are coming into state, right? So either they come, these encounters, people will fly, hopefully on a Friday night and then make it in time for a bit of a party and we'll have a welcome party. And then Saturday morning, latish morning, we'd have a rehearsal with the Kakatoas, which will last four or five hours. Everyone in a room and just work on whatever it is we're going to present that night. And then everyone gets a you know an hour or two off before the gig starts, and then the, everyone's bands start playing, and then the last thing is the cockatoos will play. That's cool. kind of the format we've been doing, and it's open, yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, so it's it's open to anyone from Australia and New Zealand to be involved. Um, we yeah, we hope to expand it with the New Zealand side um, as much as possible soon, but um, it's kind of early days. So the are, are there many groups in New Zealand? Yeah, there's more. It seems there's oh, really? more than there wow. are in. Yeah, yeah. It seems it's more of a thing, and they're bigger. Um, it seems yeah, more of a thing there than it is here in Australia. Um, we had somebody. Remember Diana? We had somebody like when we very first started our podcast. It contacted us from New Zealand, and we were like, "Oh, that's oh, right, somebody from New Zealand." <laughs> that's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, cool. he said there were like eight groups there because we were like, we didn't even know there was something there, and he's like, "There's eight. Which is impressive because there's only twelve people in in the whole of the country. <laughs> right. <laughs> They all wear different hats. They just change hats. <laughs> oh, that's um, cool. Shout yeah, out to New Zealand. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a couple of the bigger groups over there. There's um, there's a group called Wellington Batucada, and then there's um, uh, a group called AK Samba in Auckland. They're the two sort of bigger mm-hmm. ones, uh, as far as I'm aware. Uh, oh, and there's um, a new one set up by set up by maybe that's the wrong word a new one who my mate is the mystery who i used to play with in virgin in london another guy called oh, rob, wow. rob Mayer. 
um, which is also in Auckland. There's a so it's only maybe a year old. This this crew is Unudosta. Insert the correct pronunciation <laughs> for the Maori name of New Zealand uh, here. <laughs> I would, something have you ever seen? Yeah, Kiwis will refer to the, to their country as with the Maori name, which mm-hmm. oh, I should really know this because I've lived with Kiwis for a long time. Aotearoa. Oh, oh I'm going to get corrections. Um, Google how to put into Google. Um, how do I pronounce New Zealand in Māori? And then uh, okay. you will get the correct pronunciation there. Apologies for any Kiwis out there and anyone else. But yeah, so Urudosta Autorea or something, however you pronounce it. Um, yeah, so they're going and they're playing like it's Rio style stuff and uh, they're doing well. So like, yeah, it's growing, it's happening and hopefully we'll get some of them over. We have one Kiwi come over to play with uh, the Kakatuas last year, which was great. So hopefully that's the the start of more to come and hopefully many new guys over there as well. Um, yeah. The seed person. Totally. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. We have a similar thing to that that happens just once a year oh, yeah. in in um Seattle with with Samba. And uh yeah, it seems like we'll get one person from, you know, a, a new group that hasn't come and then the next year there might be two or three. The and the next year they go back and tell everybody it was awesome. And then, what's the name of the know, project? Uh, they call it Bloco Pacifico. Okay, cool. Yeah, and it started out from. I mean, I think I've told the story in the podcast a million times, but it started oh. out as a. There's a honk fest there. Yeah. And all the groups from the West Coast would, you know, the one came down from Canada, and everybody from like Arcata up would go to this, this event mm. and meet there. And then the, there was always honk fest on one day, and then there was um, this solstice um, parade that most years lined up on the same weekend and so the local group Vamala was doing the parade and then everyone just sort of crashed the parade and yeah. started playing it and that's kind of how it started because cool. they were everybody was already in town and then they started sending out material and started like actually organizing it ahead of time mm-hmm. and it's just grown into this how long has it um, been going bigger... in this form well Who knows? the first year was probably 2012 or 2013 okay cool and then it sort of has went once honk fest separated they're on different weekends now because that's a long story but um then there was kind of a drop off in attendance but now local pacifico has kind of been its own draw so people are like actually skipping honk fest and (laughs) going (laughs) yeah instead of going up two weekends in a row you know but what was cool about it is it really did build that community on the west coast so a lot Everybody knows each other all this the way from it. Canada this down. Yeah, like and the, the way yeah, we the way yeah. we're doing it is anytime any of us are putting on these events as well, it's like, hey guys, right? Whoever's the the host city, and you know, they're they're putting on the stuff, they're making the the event generally, and they're also then organizing some kind of some kind of get together party, shindig, yeah, whatever the yeah, night before, exactly, and then exactly, some kind of like yeah. hangover get together on the day after when people will be leaving yes. or, or hanging out, and then also everyone's. Like we encourage groups to open their doors to yes. to visiting some beasters, you know. So like the yes, it's like you don't have to pay for accommodation; just come and crash. Right, like, you know, same thing. Anyone that's got just to, get here yeah. and we'll we got you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, like put up with a couch here or put up with a you know floor with whatever, yeah. and or do whatever you want. Get yourself an Airbnb, get yourself a luxury hotel, whatever. <laughs> but it's if you know, the offer's there. And then you end up getting really nice tight bonds as well between whoever exactly, you kind of get paired exactly. up with because you might not know anyone in that state but then want a place to stay and someone's just been nice and been like, 
put their hand up to put themselves in the pool of accommodation and then you get paired yeah. up with someone, you go there and then some great friendships are made and, you know, you just kind of get exactly. to hang out with people and people that love the same kind of stuff, which is cool. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. So what actually grew out of that was then there was kind of this exchange that would happen. So like everybody would go to Honkfest in June and then they would go to Eugene. There was this big parade and everybody would meet up in Eugene mm-hmm. later in the summer and like early August. And then there was a, another thing in everybody would go to Brazil camp and yeah. then not everybody could afford Brazil camp, but these other things were free. And then everybody uh, would go I to just, California and go to another yes, parade. And say. it was three things a year yeah. that people could go. Can I just point out? See each other. We've just been talking. It was fun. We've been talking for one hour and 20 minutes now. Uh, this is the first time you've mentioned California, Brazil. Camp. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my goodness. This is, <laughs> this is incredible. Like, I mean, Diana, I, you're, <laughs> someone's paying attention. Uh, well, you don't have to be paying attention to your podcasts. <laughs> To hear the words California Brazil camp and then the number two fangirls. Uh, right. yeah. <laughs> number one fangirls. They're two number one fangirls. That's what true. I mean. So, yeah. Brilliant. I'm not it's just true. a fan, what, but an employee. Come on. Yeah. What is what is this camp of which you talk? Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, yeah, I totally about it in there. I was gonna bring that up as oh, a, yeah. I was gonna bring no that problem. up anyway, just, and then and then you dropped it. Yeah. I was like, ah, there it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Jump on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but just those friendships that are made and yeah. the bonds that are made and everyone staying in each other's houses. Uh, yeah, it's just a fun Yeah, totally. Fun yeah, thing. It's awesome. It's awesome. How, what what yeah. sort of numbers does uh, this um, Block of Pacifico get? What, what, what kind of Last year it was just under 100 people, I think. Cool. Great. Yeah, it, 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 it um, hovers like between 75 and 100 people that do this. Yeah, cool. This parade. And there's like a whole load of dancers and stuff. It's, yeah. Yeah. Players, like 100 players. Yeah, and then yeah, there's yeah, a bunch yeah. of, a whole bunch of dancers and stuff. Yeah. yeah exactly. Is there anything yeah, else in the country that, that, um, is similar? Here in the United in States? In the U.S., yeah. I can't think of anything. Uh, uh, Samba New York. Phil Kalinsky oh, is right. kind of trying to do that. And then, Marika um, 2 New York does that too. Yeah. Marika 2 New uh-huh. York does, does one. Yeah. Well, you know, Georgie does a carnival in San Francisco and people True. go down for that. But that one's not free and they don't, you don't tend to have a place to stay because, you know, it's, it's hard there. San Francisco? But, uh, yeah. Should I not have said that? Uh, <laughs> I guess if you make friends, like I, I have always have a place to stay. Yeah, I do too. But it, maybe, there was always... maybe it's your personality that's that's holding <laughs> yeah, you back there, Courtney. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> that's why you're gonna stay like in hotels. Things like that. Yeah, yeah, I do things like that. <laughs> and you say Tam. Yeah. And I say Tam, so I'm rejected. From... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, awesome. That sounds. That's really good mm-hmm. that you guys are doing that. Yeah, it's, a... it's a really, it's a, it's a really lovely project, and it's kind of, um, it's growing, and it's. Yeah, it's cool. It's run and it's kind of, we've organized it. The, the organization team, there's, only, there's like four of us on there and um, and we're all based in different cities, which is good. So there's, there's no Australians. I've just realized it's me. It's me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Petra, the, the, the Hungarian. There's um, Arnold, who's Colombian. And then um, Benoit, who, Ben, who's French. So yeah, there's, um, <laughs> that's the organization team. But then we're based... One's in Adelaide, one's in Sydney. I'm here in Melbourne, and then Petra's in in Canada. But yeah, he's you know wants the project to succeed and loves it, so he's still involved yeah, cool. in some organisation and stuff. Nice. Yeah, 
it's cool. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice initiative. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one. So you guys do it three times a year. That's a we lot. Do, we do. We've set a maximum of three times a year. Um, amongst ourselves, we've just decided that we won't do it more than three times a year because people can't. We can't expect people. It's to a lot come. of flights. Yeah, it's a lot of flights. I mean, you know, flights aren't that expensive here. Uh, mm. Internal flights, but it's yes, mm. it is a lot of flights, and it's also a lot of weekends of, out of your life and whatever it is. Um, a lot of organization too. Yeah, yeah. Huh. exactly. Cool. Yeah, the main reason is we can't be bothered organizing. No, um, <laughs> no, it's like more than three is is excessive, but um, we'll do up to three, so maybe two, and we yet to yeah. see. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Right on. Okay, I have questions. Yes. Um, could you tell us um, about your uh, interest in Afro-Cuban music? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, yeah, so I've been playing on and off for a long time. Um, you know, like with anything throughout my life, it's some years I, you know, play a lot of one kind of style and some years I you know, don't touch it, you know, but the Cuban stuff, um, well, I don't know. When did I start? Maybe when I was 18 or something. Um, wow. A long time ago. Not, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying you're old. I just, not, yeah. Yeah. Hang on. Hold up. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So maybe then or around then, yeah, I started to play and study a bit and then, um, yeah, I was, you know, playing some congas and things and then, um, I started to study and yeah, I first, first heard Bata. Bata was the, it was always the thing that like, um, just really grabbed me just cause again, like the same, like the, what I mentioned earlier about first playing Samba and first being shown this, this six, eight or 12, eight bell line and having no comprehension of how that worked. Like the same thing happened after I played, you know, played some drums for a bit and learned how to play all different things in, you know, a bunch of different arrangements and kind of thought I had, was getting rhythm down. And then I heard Bata. Um, first time I heard it was a record. It was a, it was a I bought a record because someone, a, a drummer friend of mine had told me about Bata and its existence and kind of mm. what it was. And and then mm. I saw this, um, this record for sale. Um, the name's Santeria, Music for the Orishas, uh, which is by uh, Grupo Obailu which if anyone sees this, then you should get it and get it in your life. It's amazing. Um, and so I bought this record and, you know, took it home and put it on and, and listened to it. And like, it's beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. There's some incredible players and incredible singers on there. Um, but also like my, my tiny little brain couldn't comprehend what the fuck was, <laughs> what, how, how is this music? How does this music work? I had no, I could not get it. I could not, understand where things were or what you know and it's just i think the whole record is just just bata and singing or and there's one acapella tune i don't think there's any weird or anything on it as far as i remember hmm. anyway it's amazing and um yeah totally twisted my brain and like i kind of saw it as a like i wanted to know i wanted to understand how it worked because it was beautiful and um but yeah it was this then this kind of challenge i suppose of to 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 comprehend it. Um, and then there was opportunity to, to learn. I studied with a guy, there's a guy in the UK called Raz, um, who's an awesome teacher, if anyone's in the UK. 
uh, there's a company called One Voice Music, and he used to teach these residential courses where you'd sign up for two years, basically. And um, Wow. Yeah. So, But the way it would work is that you'd go study for a week in like a stately home, like an old big um, country manor kind of thing out in the mm. countryside somewhere. And you'd live there, eat there. You know, someone would cook your, cook your meals for you. You'd have a room or you'd share a room. And then you'd have classes every day um, with Raz and then with some guest uh, teachers sometimes as well. And you'd learn from like 10 a.m. through till, I can't remember what time it was, 8 p.m., something like that, you know, with Whoa. a couple of little cuts and breaks. And, you know, it'd be set classes, you know, like for the first hour we're going to learn how to play timbales or something. You know, it'd be a mixture of like um, uh, like popular styles, Afro-Cuban popular styles, you know, salsa <laughs> and you know, these, these, these kind of things, and then folkloric stuff. So then a lot of rumba and then some bata. So there'd be some, we'd learn some bata toques there. And this is the first time I played actual backdoor drums. I've learned some stuff on Congress before. Anyway, there, so you, what you do, yeah, so the structure of the course, you stay there for a week, study till 8 p.m. or something, eat your dinner, and then you basically just stay up all night drinking rum <laughs> with all your with all your, your classmates because you're all there uh, getting cabin fever together in a hilarious way, coming up with stupid in-jokes, and, sure. and then playing the drums that you've just been learning. So you just play all night flake out whenever, you know, eventually sleep for a few hours, wake up, do it again. Uh, and you do this for uh, for a week and then you go home and then you'd have two or three months later, three months later, I guess, or three or four, you'd go back and do it again. So then you'd have, oh, you'd be given a huge, cool. a huge amount of material, like a massive glut of material um, that was too much to really digest all of it at the time. But then you get three months to go home uh, with notation and stuff and you just um, remind yourself how to play everything and practice and go over it and then you yeah. come back quickly go everything over everything that you did last time and then just like pile on a load more stuff that wow, so would cool. you would you have like say if you did the first session you wouldn't have you would have all the returning it's a close uh, group, students yeah. but yeah. you wouldn't oh, wow. have new students correct generally not unless they were like he kind of did it as a closed closed group thing and mm -hmm. it was I can't remember how many people were in it, maybe 12 people, something like that. Um, and then, like, he'd start a new group of each. Um, he did a few different courses and different things, and he'd do a start a new group each year, I think was the way that he did it. it was That's interesting. Ago. So, yeah, so then yeah. it was really yeah, it was really cool. And um, But, yeah, so then you'd get a really tight bond with those people in that um, – that you're studying with and generally it'd be the same and everyone would stick it out for the couple of years mainly occasionally people would join in halfway through but only if they had prior experience and knew some you know knew what they were doing a bit you know what i mean so question um, would yes. you have multiple sets of bata or yeah that work yeah there he like he had a couple of sets and i think i said there was maybe 12 people so that would um accommodate six people and then other people would mark stuff on congas whilst like mm -hmm. whilst you were getting it in your hands, you know, so to, like to, to to really just under learning the basics of it, learning the basics of any talk, and then and then when you'd actually, you know, further from that, then you just have one set playing because it's that does not it's not really right when there's more than when there's like right. ten conclos playing together and ten totales. <laughs> it's just like it's just a bit weird. It, plus, you don't get to hear yourself and, and react <laughs> right. as well. Do you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it's all about conversations and stuff. So then the ER mm -hmm. needs to hit stuff 
you know, needs to improvise and then hit certain calls that then needs to uh, call for a reaction. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, so that was that. So anyway, I fell in love with that. Uh, I was studying there and then I studied a lot with um, uh, one of the guys who was a guest teacher on that course. Who I think that's how I first met him, a guy called David Patman. Uh, you know, all the love and respect in the world uh, to Dave. He's like, is a Londoner and he's one of the, one of, if not the best uh, bataleros in, in Europe, I would say. And he's incredible, incredible wealth and knowledge, this guy and beautiful player and the most humble man in the world. He'll never tell you he's uh, any good at anything, but he just destroys um, in a real kind of quiet and calm way. Um, he's awesome. Anyway, so then I used to, I ended up living with him. I moved into my friend's place and he was, uh, he was living there. I ended up living with him and his partner, Vicky, who's um, also a great friend in London. We used to live in a warehouse together and basically um, play every day. It would just be, we'd wake up and, and, you know, make a coffee and then see, oh, you're home today. He's like, yeah. Oh, you're home. Yeah. Do you want to play some? He's like, yep. How long have you got? Have you got? I've got an hour and 20 minutes. Cool. Let's play. And then we just smash batal for an hour and 20 minutes and then or then do the same thing later on you know it just became we just play a lot which was great and really um really good for the soul you mm-hmm. know really um it's just like a yeah so for me but the bata bata is, is the the most the bata and the, and the songs that go with it are the most beautiful thing that's ever been um created on this earth i think it's really like uh exceptional how um, how amazing it is as a as a musical form and uh, culturally and everything. It's really great. So I I love it and I I miss it a lot because there's not really so much of it in Australia. There's a bit, there's some, but um, there's not that many people that play. Um, mm. So it can be hard to get stuff together. Uh, Were you able to go to Cuba? Yeah, I went there. Um, I've only been there a couple of times. Uh, I went once. Three years ago, um, and then once ten years ago, or eleven years ago, or something. Um, I went there and just, you know, spent all the time studying and playing in, in playing every day, studying every day, and going to tumbles, playing in tumbles. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the vibe. Everything everything revolving around Bata. So Havana style or um, Havana style. style entirely. Yeah, yeah. Entirely Havana style. Um, do you do you play a bit? I sang for a long time and danced. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, Havana style, one hundred percent. Like, um, uh, yeah, Matanza style. Man, it's another can of worms, right? <laughs> it's like how many how many cans of worms can you open and try and get through? Um, yeah, they're like the Havana style is. You could study every day of your life and. Uh, you only you only kind of scratch it, you know. There's so much there that to mm-hmm. then try and learn another as well um, is yeah, it's too much. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful and very interesting. But man, I've, yeah, I've got enough. <laughs> I've got enough on my plate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I wanted to check in with you about your trip this year to Brazil. Can you tell us a little yeah, bit yeah. about who you played with and and your experiences sure. there? Totally. Um, so yeah, when um, I was there six weeks or so uh, over carnival, 
uh, just in Rio. And I played uh, played with Hoseum, who I played with uh, the year previously. So I played with them, um, yeah, 2019. And I played Hapiki with them. Uh, it was the first, uh, that was my first Dishvile. Um, where is the, where is Hoshinia's quadra? It's at the foot of Hoshinia. It's, it's in, actually in uh, Salkon Haru. So Salkon Haru is um, uh, pretty well. Like before the tunnel or after the tunnel? Like if you're, when you're going from after, Sonosul? After the tunnel, I think. Okay. Depends which tunnel. There's a few. I go. I always go by metro. So um, uh, so it's it's on the it's on the the, the metro line after um, Ipanema. Yeah. Oh, okay. Along that way, yeah. quite a way past that, past Leblon. Um, so yeah, I've never been there by car. I've only ever been there by uh, underground. So I can't tell you, and I don't, <laughs> don't know which yeah. tunnel. Um, but yeah, it's all the way along that way. Like Salcon Harder is like a pretty well, uh, well-to-do neighborhood um, with a beach. Yeah. And then right next to it is Hosinga, which is the, I believe it's the world's biggest favela. It's certainly yeah, the biggest the in biggest. Rio, and I think it's the biggest in, in the world as a result. Um, so yeah, the the... Academicals da Hoshinia, that their uh, their quarter is there. Just it's just outside Sakonharu metro station. So people should go. Oh. If, do you know what I mean? If people are going, if people are going to be in Rio, you should go there to their to their ensayos. Like I, I was there was a bunch of other gringos there this year that I met doing some other thing, and I was like, oh, I'm going. We were together doing a workshop somewhere, and then I was like, oh, look, I'm gonna, I've got a rehearsal down with Hoshinia, you know. And a lot of people like showed a bit of interest of like, oh, really? You know, they had just arrived and hadn't been to Rio before, and they wanted to see as much as they could. And then, some yeah, apparently, some yeah. of the group were were like um, uh, concerned, I guess, about going to a favela uh, or whatever, which you know, um, which is fair. And I was, you know, had to try to convince them. It was like, look, it's not in a sure. favela. It's not. It's not there. There's, it's literally, it's a twenty meter walk from a. From a well-to-do as well-to-do as you get in 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 Rio, or whatever. Um, yeah. Metro station, you know. So yeah, people should go and people should support it. It's like Hosea's awesome. They're really 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 great people. The bateria is heavy. I really I really love the the mm. sound of the bateria there. Um, mm. The the directors are, are really really cool guys. The mystery as well, really lovely, really um, welcoming. People and I, like they don't get a huge amount of um, uh, visitors. Yeah, visitors and like gringo love. You know, <laughs> like they should get more gringo love. Yeah. There's um, yeah. there's a Danish guy that's been playing with them for like th- the last three years, and and like I, so he was the only other gringo in the in the battery last year when I played there, um, and he was saying he'd played with them for the last two or three years, and for those years he was the only gringo. So then I made yeah, the second yeah. gringo that year. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I felt like when I went to, like when I went out to Viradoru mm. last year, mm-hmm. there was, there were no gringos there except for like the two people that came with me. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> it's just like, you got to cross the bridge and everyone's yeah, like, yeah. oh no, like, I don't know. It's like, oh, it's, it's some of those, of trek, everybody's right? at Portela, you know. <laughs> yeah, but they'll go but all like, the way there. Like Portela is a, yeah. you know, Portela is a schlep from, from Zona Sul where, yeah. or, or wherever, where, you know, these gringos are staying. It's a uh, right, yeah. They'll go there right. anyway. I don't know why, but yeah. So Hus- yeah, but Hus- Nita Roy's not actually that far. Yeah. It's just there's just a bridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And my friend um, Gino is was playing with them this year. There's, there's certainly at least one gringo in the bateria. Um, yeah, out there this year of, of Viradoro. I mean, 
Yeah, there's a guy. There's a guy from San Francisco that plays with them. I don't know about every year, but yeah. Who's that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't ask me. Don't ask me that, Diana. I can't remember his name. It's a Steve. Oh, Lau. Steve Lau. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Yeah. So Hosea, and then the. So I played with them last year. I met them actually because the the all the directoria and the maestri used to be the directoria of Virador when um Mr. Morao was, oh, was Morel. the maestri there. Oh, okay. Yeah, before yeah, before Cesar. Is Morao so the maestri at Hoshina? No, no? The, the, okay. uh, Junior. Junior is, is the maestri there. Um but Morao was the maestri at Hoshina as far as I'm aware. Um I didn't know him then, I just knew him when he was a bit of daughter, but I'm pretty yeah. sure he was the maestri yeah. there. And he's in there, he's been since then he's in the directoria and so then gotcha okay like they're all like you know they're all buddies you know everyone's sure mates. yeah so then um yeah like so then the mastery of, of jose was in the directoria of of virador in 2017 as was a bunch of the other directors from jose and as was the mastery of imperatrice i believe i'm not 100 but then uh so also the same directory are, are also directors in and in uh, Imperatrice. Like they're all mates, you know? So yeah, they, gotcha. When one of them is the maestri of a school, then they bring their mates to be the directors. Totally. That's kind of how it all seems to totally. work, right? So, so then like the maestri of Hosea is a director at, at Imperatrice, mm-hmm. as is um, the guy called Jonas, who's a good friend, one of the directors of both schools there, both Hosea and um, Imperatrice, who's awesome. Awesome player, awesome Hapiki player, and you know, guy, and you know, can play everything. You get onto him for lessons if people go over. Um, anyway, so Jean has in- invited me to then play with Imperatrice this year after I, I made one inside with them. Uh, got promoted to play Chimbao, which is great. Um, and then after the inside, he was like, What are you doing on Thursday? I was like, uh, I don't know why. He's like, Oh, you want to come to Imperatrice? He's like, Cool. So then I started playing with Imperatrice nice. then as well. Yeah. And then also this year I was playing with Estacio. That was my plan was to get in uh, with them. I didn't, I hadn't played with them before, um, but um, managed to weasel my way in. It was nice. <laughs> uh, they're, they're a great, they're a great school. Um, and it was, yeah, that was really nice. So it's good to play with them. So yeah, it was like a, it was quite an emotional year in terms of, uh, <laughs> in terms of results. Uh, I don't know if you, you must have seen the results, but yeah, yeah. that's why I played yeah, with. Yeah. I played with three schools. Um, Estacio was in Grupo Especial, and then they got relegated. Right, and, right. Uh, but they just went up the year before, so they went back down to uh, Grupo Acesso. Imperatrice was the opposite, so they were down in Acesso when they're normally in Especial, so right. they went back up to Especial, <laughs> so they won, which is great. And then Hosea dropped out of Acesso down into uh, Group B, which is which is really sad. That's the um, that was the biggest sting. So they're out of the um, Sapucaí for next year. Um, so, which means we're gonna have a massive party when we go back up. That's the <laughs> you know, exactly. we'll just we'll just smash it in Group B and then and then head back up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's cool. Uh, but yeah, they're the like I feel the the biggest connection with those guys at Hosing. I think they're really really lovely crew and very welcoming and very um, like I say, the battery is just swings and yeah, nice. It's nice. People nice. should check them out if they, if you don't know. 
yeah, I'm definitely going to go to um, other other places I haven't been because uh, next time I'm next time I'm there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the issue I found though. So yeah, this like I feel like I took on a a lot when I was there. Yeah, my three, plan this, three this year, groups is a lot. Yeah, but it was four with the America too as well. Oh right. <laughs> um, like the yeah. So basically, just like the entire <laughs> schedule was. Um, pretty heavy you know so basically every day <laughs> of the week i had at least one ensayo or or presentation but a bunch of them i had a couple and then it all got super crazy around like get your costume time when everyone yeah. wanted to give out the fantasias on the same day and i'm like yeah you know how do i get from literally one end of the city to another and yeah. all this kind of nonsense but then what i found was the real problem not problem but one of the real things that i noticed was that I didn't get much chance to see other groups playing. Like mm. when I was there the year before, I played with Hosea and I played with two Manukatus. Uh I played with um, uh, Olakun again, and I also played with Baki Tupina. But then, so I was just rehearsing with three groups and every other night, and after, after rehearsals, I'd go to other people's rehearsals. Um, so you can just go anyone's in Sayos. They're always open. At the weekends, you know, the, the crews make shows where you have to pay to get in, but in the week everyone's rehearsing and you just go um, and just go watch, which is the best thing, you know? Yeah. And so I, I could see a lot, but then this year I was, the rehearsal schedule was so heavy that I didn't see a bunch of schools, you know, like I mm-hmm. didn't have the opportunity to, I didn't see Salguero play once in the whole year. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> um, you know, this is where are my priorities, um, <laughs> you know, for one example, there's a bunch of schools I just didn't see and didn't yeah. get a chance to, to yeah. go and watch and I think I much you know you take a lot from playing and a lot you know you, you learn a lot from playing and you learn a lot from all that but then you learn heaps from going and seeing the the, the batteries and watching it from an outside perspective as well so I kind of missed out a bit there so I don't know what I'm going to do next year I'll see I'll see maybe I'll say I won't do so much and then I'll just end up doing more yeah you know, we'll, uh, we'll I don't think that's possible there to say I'm not doing that much I mean <laughs> yeah it's exactly yeah <laughs> such a whirlwind yeah. yeah totally yeah but i also ended up being on like i hardly saw any blockers whatsoever like i ended up being you know spending all my time in in Sapukai mm-hmm. for the for the parades like i was parading the first three nights of the four and then i was also you know parading as the gringo you don't want to fuck it up so i wasn't going to turn up um having been to a block or Right. All day in the in the sunshine, smashing beers, which is what right. inevitably would have happened if I'd have gone to the blocks. <laughs> right. I like I'd like get some sleep, and then I'd be up till eight a.m., nine, ten, or whatever every morning after the after the the parades and whatever. And then so I'd like get a decent sleep and wake up in yeah. the afternoon, and all the blocks are going out in the morning. So anyway, it's like that thing you've got to figure out. Pace yourself. You, uh, yeah, but also figure out what your priorities are and what you want to see and what you want to do because there's heaps going on and. Like the rest, it seems like only the the weird little samba bubble exists in this uh, in that particular kind of time frame. Whereas the like all the blocker bubble is like everyone gets up and starts getting drunk at six a.m. Yeah. you know, or, or whatever it is. But they've slept and then they get up and go out and party <laughs> from from the groups are starting at seven a.m. and then they party and catch loads of different blocks and party, 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 and then eventually they just go and crash and then get up the next day and do the same thing. It seems right. like that's what they're doing. And then all the sort of like Samba nerds, uh, like on the opposite on the schedule oppo- on the opposite time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, I always felt like when I was in Rio during Carnival that I was missing four amazing things to do like one super amazing thing. Like you're just such, there's just so much uh, happening all the time. Which we can't really complain about, can we? No. (laughs) Oh no, there are so many options of incredibleness. Right. Oh, Oladoom is doing a workshop, but I have to miss that to go do this other, you know, it's like, ah, damn it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just perform in front of thousands with some other idols or whatever it is. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, woe is me. Everyone's everyone's crying. I'm also, uh, yeah, tear. I'm also running around trying to get interviews with people and or yeah, co- coordinating totally. all that is kind of a nightmare. But I'm sure. I'm, oh, but a joy. But a joy. A joy. You love it. <laughs> a happy yeah. nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Where else can who else can you talk to about <laughs> California Brazil camp? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> that's so true <laughs> mystery mystery i'd really like to hear your opinion on things also. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. shit yeah, totally. <laughs> oh. well you've been doing this a ton what yeah. ha, what has been your happiest moment? All uh, the different places you've lived. A couple happy moments. Uh, what? You can what? include this podcast too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, the first time I heard about California Brazil camp, um, <laughs> that tear came to my eye. Yeah, I, I beamed from ear to ear. Um, no. <laughs> oh, what was my happiest moment? I don't know. Maybe I reckon. Maybe it was. I don't know. I'm really bad at like going, this is the best thing. Uh, one of them, at least, one of the happiest was probably entering the Avenida last year with Hosea for the first oh, time. I bet, yeah. Um, and it Did, you was like, Did you cry? Did you cry? No, I don't think I cried. Uh, but if I had, no one would have known because A, there was a, there was only about 10 people watching. And B, the reason there was only 10 people watching is because the rain was oh, so that's heavy you right. wouldn't believe. That's it right. was like a... We were, I can't remember, we were one of the first schools on the first day, I think, I'm pretty sure. Um, and it was like torrential. The That's whole right. avenue was like, was literally a river. And, um, and we kind of, like the whole thing got postponed by a few hours um, just to try and accommodate because the rain was just impossible. And it was like, there was lightning above our heads. It was, yeah. like, it was that, it was crazy. Yeah. And then we kind of get there and just line up and everyone was like, fuck it like, you know let's <laughs> let's just smash it and then we went out and you know the battery took 40 points um and yeah it was awesome, awesome. with their parading awesome. with like uh like the cost always the costumes in Hosea yeah, that i don't think the school has much money so like the stuff um the costumes are always fairly fairly low-key seems uh, for the battery at least um and we're there like classic anyone that's i think anyone that's done these big parades and those like carnival costumes they're always they're made to last for one parade you know that's all yeah. they need to do and so but so like the shoes we were wearing we were wearing like kind of kind of like deck shoes like sailor shoe kind of thing um but the the sole of the shoe was made entirely of really thin cardboard that was just that was what the sole <laughs> oh, of the shoe no. was with and uh, we're just there with we all, all just rain. line up line up in in like ankle deep almost like river <laughs> and they're just everyone playing smashing this samba what you know 140 bpm whatever it is and just like everyone hitting it 
water flying everywhere off all the drums. And then like quarter of the way down the avenue, uh, people's shoes are just disintegrating <laughs> off their feet. So, <laughs> and you got, you know, these shoes just like, you, you, you're parading down, you just see, start to see more and more shoes, shoes just on the avenue. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Just that, that somebody's walking with one bare foot at the end. And then you get to the end, we got to the end of the parade. And then as soon as we cross the finish line, suddenly all these shoes just like start flying in the air, like, like landing all around you. Everyone's just taking their shoes off and just like, flinging them up in the air like you might do if you graduated college or whatever and you right. throw your hat that thing. It was that, but with um, disintegrated cardboard shoes. Maybe that was the maybe that That's was the pretty memorable. Yeah, that's good. It was good. It was a good one. And it was like, you know, it was a nice combination of um, a lot of years of, you know, dedicating playing and enjoying and appreciating music and then to be involved in it in 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 that place is, was, was really special. Nice. nice. What about a weird moment or crazy moment? Uh, Can I give you an example? One of yes, our guests. Please. I think they played like at a zoo or somewhere. Do you remember Neil's, Courtney? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where somebody told them not to scare the tigers. <laughs> yeah, you guys need to stop. You're scaring the tigers. <laughs> <laughs> I once, I once played at a. Oh yeah. Weird, weird corporate gigs. There's a bunch of weird corporate gigs. Um, oh, yeah. I once, when I was in the UK, I once, I played in this like junk percussion crew thing as well that we do like corporate bookings. And um, we played once, we got flown to um, to Dubai wow. to play, yeah, uh, to play So Glamorous, just wait, um, <laughs> Get to play at the opening of the world's largest Toyota service station. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and we were there, and it was pretty cool. Like, they, um, we basically just got to, we, we were playing drums on, like, car parts. We just ordered, we were, like, told them what we wanted, and, like, one car door, one, you know, suspension spring, one, you know, some hubcaps, some, some you know, uh, break drums and all the, you know, all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Just ordered all the, got all these drums. And then as they were showing around the dignitaries, which were just all these, um, you know, really wealthy Arabs that had bankrolled the whole thing. Um, and some Japanese that they'd from Toyota that they'd flown in, uh, they were all kind of walking around the service center. And as we, you know, this place was huge, like an aircraft hangar with enough bays for, I don't know how many, 200 cars to be fixed at the same oh, time, wow. whatever. I don't know. I don't know what it was, uh, but it's just, ridiculous and we're just there just like playing and like smiling and you know for 10 <laughs> seconds as they walk past and then stop right. I'm like you know, what is my life you know like why why have I been flown here to do this but you know it was great it was cool I got to go to Dubai and see it which you know uh that was a great way to do so and uh got paid and went home yeah. wow <laughs> that was it nice yeah glamorous there's been a few glamorous gigs yeah like yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, some of those corporate ones are weird where you're just like, did you know what you were hiring? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did you know? What did you expect? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's kind of, yeah. Sometimes they can just be heaps of fun. And sometimes they're like, uh, people are like, oh, yeah, you go to play a gig and they're like, cool. Can you just, um, um, we just need a l- less. Can right. you do it with, um, right. can maybe just like two of you play? Right. No. You know, I just want two drummers now. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It does not work like that. Um, you know, the minimum, like we've got a minimum. The minimum is eight. You have eight yeah. or more. You know, yeah. 
yeah. people just not knowing. They're like, I want, you know, they maybe they just want girls with feathers and, you know. I think that's know, part of it, yeah. Tits, sure. you know? Yeah. 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 Um, I think this is the most time we've ever heard tits in our uh, history. <laughs> Twice? Is it? Twice? Well, well yeah. You, you're living a really sheltered life, Diana. I'm going to incorporate tits into my... It's like, yeah. It's the tits. Did you say yeah, the tits right. or just tits? I said the, I said the tits. The tits. It's not, okay. it's not a phrase I use too much. You know, it's not in my... I like day. it. It's not my day to day, but yeah, I, I think I did say the tits. What? We'll try to incorporate that. That's one of the things I want to say. It right. Yeah, yeah. the tits. Ah, I gotcha. Not, yeah, it's kind of like there's a difference there because if you were to say that is shit, it's not the same as that is the shit. Right. There's a very distinct difference. Mm. I mean, you know, is it the same with tits? If I said it's tits, I that's, it means it's bad? I don't know. It could be. Who knows? Because nobody says that. Everyone will just look at you oh, weird. Okay. There's, a, there's still a difference. Okay, that's the information I need. Okay, okay the tits. Okay. I guess. Right. I don't know, maybe. Got it. Thank you. Okay. Cool. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. Now, we won't ask you about any upcoming gigs because we have no idea when we'll yeah. be playing upcoming gigs. But do you have any shout outs exactly. that oh, wait, you'd no, like I've to got give? A question. Hold on. Oh, wait, wait. well. What are you okay. doing? Well, are you I'll doing ask... anything to like to ride this out? Like, are you yeah, doing true. like Zoom virus, lessons? Virus or... vibes. Well, um, I saw your video. Actually, you did that that video yeah. that you put up with. You need to be able to share parts. that so we can share it. Oh, is that not shareable? Yeah, I'm all kind of locked down. Okay, I'll make that public. Um, what am I doing to write out these virus vibes? I don't know. Yeah, like I'm like with your group, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm figuring that out like yeah. currently. So basically, because yeah. everything's evolving uh, very rapidly and changing, you know, a week and a was it a week ago? Uh, it was a week ago. I was like, uh, this is starting to happen. You know, I was going to still run a rehearsal with the blocker, which is you know, maybe there'd be. There's only 20 people in the greater group and, you know, there might be 12 at a rehearsal. So I was like, yeah, we, we're all right. You know, the government's saying you can't have 500 people. So there's 12. It's going to be fine. Right, right. And then the, but the people in the band didn't want to do it, the majority of them. Gotcha. So I was like, yeah. okay, cool. So then, like, it's changing, changing quickly. Yeah. So then with that, I'm, so I'm just trying to figure out over the, the last few days what I'm going to be doing. Um, so, yeah, I might start. I feel like putting out, st- a, yeah, putting out some videos of um, – I was yeah. I was thinking of doing some like live online classes and stuff, and I was thinking about teaching some bosses and things like that from from this year's carnival and, and elsewhere and stuff I've written or whatever. But then I kind of figured that's not going to be that engaging for everyone because you know if you're a Chicago player and then you, I'm there going, and this is what the premiere does, and they're like, oh, I don't care. Um, you know, going through everything and then just wait for the Chicago and here's the right, Chicago. Right. You know, it's it's it might be good for other directors or whatever to 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 have that. But then, so maybe that's better in just like video format, just chuck everything together. You could do like today's Chicago day and then exactly tomorrow's yeah. but, I mean, thirty day or I don't know exactly. So I mean, I th- I'm thinking of doing some lessons, putting some lessons out uh, starting next week actually. Um, of just yeah, live lessons and people can watch if they want and just. It's just a bit weird. It's a, yeah. a new world for me because I'm kind of thinking about it, and there's a few people putting lessons out online, which is yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, but it's and it's great that this kind of creativity is coming out and stuff like that. But it's um, it's a very different type of lesson, right? So, like, if I teach a lesson and I'm teaching people about a group and like say we're all learning to play Kaisha for the first time, whatever, you know, they're you know this is how you hold sticks, and then people hold their sticks, and I go, no, you're you're holding it weird. Um, 
hold it like you know you correct people and then you start to play and you yeah. listen and you go there's that that instant feedback you know instant kind right. of, that's that's what a lot of a class is generally i i realize that you yeah. know, a lot of it is having that interaction with a teacher for them to be able to go yes. no it's you know it's you, you this and this and this is good but that you need to change or whatever so that's kind of when it comes to online like classes like that if you're even if you're making just like youtube videos or making uh live streams or whatever it is because there's not the technology to have lag free yeah um, music playing you know i play in one room you play in another and we're playing time it doesn't there's nothing out i don't think so it has to be kind of one-sided where i'm like you hold sticks like this and this is how you play and then you know but without that kind of feedback do you know what i mean well, the only it, way are people can... are doing skype lessons like one-on-one yeah. i mean is can you yeah, get... yeah the one-on-one thing can work i feel yeah. because i will play and then i'll go so it's like this now you copy and show me and then yeah. i see it and then i can then i can react do you know yeah. what i mean it has to be yeah. one-on-one that way yeah but we're not playing together you know um, yeah so yeah it's all we've got to kind of adapt to these kind of things and uh i've also got to try and make some money which is uh as well as be charitable and give loads of stuff out um i've also lost all of my income um for the foreseeable future so i need to kind of figure that out yeah and get get through that uh and if there can be a bit coming back from this then that would be great but otherwise i just also need to be playing and trying to keep people involved it seems like what a lot of people are doing is is making videos and then you know kind of having like a paypal donation putting out their paypal and just saying or venmo like exactly yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's gonna be the vibe i think for sure yeah um but it'd be cool and it'd be good just getting stuff out there and it's kind of um uh yeah and i think because there's a difference between an online thing and a face-to-face lesson like i'm saying that kind of instant feedback that even by teaching basics of stuff for free and giving it out on the internet it doesn't really matter you know in turn so much um because then you make a real class in person and then you they can get so much more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not yeah. de- I don't. I, I thought to myself, is this going to decrease the value? If I, if you give something away for free, then it's, then it has that much value. It's worth nothing. You know. Um, I don't think so. No, because well, d- people get to know you, and then they're like, oh, I want to study with him because I know him, and I know right. yeah, he's I know his sure. personality, and he's funny, and blah, blah, blah. you know what I'm saying? And they're like, I know his style, and I, I want to ask him a question about this in particular thing. You know what I'm saying? Like he says tits a lot. Yeah, and he says tits a lot, and. <laughs> I w- I'd like that in my teacher, yeah. Exactly, yeah. That's my only... <laughs> that's the only thing you bring to the table. <laughs> that's, all I've, that's all I've got. <laughs> my best quality. That's the first thing on my on my resume. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. Um, no, I get that. But I'm just kind of going... Because it's all like a... It's a, it's a, it's a new world, you know? Yeah, like it's, it's, it is. It's, it totally it's is. It's different. I'm like kind of thinking all this stuff over in my head. Uh, yeah. day-to-day trying to figure out the, what the best way to do these kind of things is and um how to get some uh yeah some kind of money back from doing this kind of thing yeah right but it's, that's not the be all and end all you know what i mean you know sometimes it's a pretty amazing at how just very very basic things really wows people like i one time like one of the only instructional videos i made was for um some marika two kaisha players and i was like this is how you hold a stick and mm-hmm. then you know you use the rebound and your fingers will push it back once you know just kind of explaining and, yeah, and uh, somebody's just had a mind-blown uh, moment yeah, yeah i got right. a bunch of 
email. Somebody shared it in Seattle and some other places, and people were just like, "This is amazing! It's the most clear I've ever gotten." You know, like people, people. If if you can, maybe it hasn't been explained to them in the way that they understand, and I just happened to explain it in the right way for this person or whatever. But people really responded to it, and it was super. It was like three minutes. It was super short. Yeah, amazing, fantastic, fantastic. I know. You know, it's like yeah, a lot of it, like you say, it's how. People teach in very different ways, right? And yeah. It's quite nice. Yeah. Um, and it's it's it, the whole thing is through, like I think people teach based on their own experiences, yeah. right? So it's like, yeah. however, whatever helped you to learn, or whatever you've come across to help others to learn as well, because yeah. people learn in different ways, you know. So yeah. then, like the way that you taught that how to how to rebound a stick may have been just through it really connected with you when you figured it out. Or it could be that you figured it out and then you taught a bunch of people and you couldn't quite get why they weren't getting it. And then you, you know, explained yeah. it this way and it worked, you know, so people yeah. find different things that work for teaching. And I think yeah. that's really nice. So, yeah, I think also, also there's nice, something, oh, go ahead. It's a really nice opportunity at the moment. Now, if, as people are putting this kind of stuff out um, on the internet, um, free um, and readily available for everyone, it's nice to see other people's teaching styles as well because, mm, um, right. Um, like I yeah like I don't have a I don't have a huge deal of teachers here in Australia um uh this uh, of course there's people that I learn from but um in a less kind of formal way do you know what I mean I, I, yeah I don't have many classes in this kind of stuff yeah going on. so um it's nice to have uh to see other people's teaching styles and that kind of stuff it's it's very interesting well we are sharing that on our Facebook page um if we see different classes going on we're Sharing those links. Yeah, so. tag us and you know, share I'm, them. Yeah, so everybody. Yeah, wicked. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking maybe I'm going to maybe start some either daily things or every other day starting from yeah. from, from next week, most likely. Yeah, but that yeah, one you posted I, was great. I, yeah, but I mean, that was like, so that for people listening, that was like, it was just a, it was an acapella video, that app that you get on um, iPhones and whatever. There's this What's acapella app, which. Acapella. 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 Mm, okay. It was, the, it was. Um, the Android version's rubbish or it doesn't exist <laughs> they, they, they canned it they pulled it and there's like some fake versions which are rubbish just don't even bother so um, but the iOS one's really good uh, and it's, it would they made it to, uh, for people to practice their singing and singing harmonies and stuff so like it would be, you know you'd sing a line and it basically just to explain what the, the app is for anyone that hasn't seen it it's um, you film a bunch of videos and they they get put together uh, in different frames on the same screen. Do you know what like I mean? The Brady, so you, like the Brady Bunch. Choose... <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you, you, you pick how many um, how many frames you want on the screen and the, and the, the, the layout you want, and then you record in one of, the, in, in one, of them, um, one part, and then you overdub onto another, and then another, and another. Anyway, that's what acapella is. So it's people singing harmonies, but people are using it creatively however they want for different musical stuff. Um, so yeah, so I made a video on that just... Just basically to put a, one of the bosses, that was just one of the bosses from Hosea this year, to A, get that to the to the Kakatuas, because the Kakatuas are going to learn that and it's going to be part of our repertoire, but then also just to put it out to the world um, and whilst paying all the respect that's due to, to the, um, the crew at Hosea, and then just to put it out if anyone wants it, you can you know play it with your group and, you know, just know that it's from Hosea and know that that's where the sound is coming from and that that's where you should go and learn. Um, yeah. Awesome. So, so yeah, acapella, I think is a great thing for that, but man, it's, oh, it takes time. 
put in. It's not like just you think you just go, oh, I'm just going to overdub nine times. It's really tricky if you get some little like um, uh, it's really tough just to get a good feel. And uh, if you make one little mistake with your timing some, on one of the tracks somewhere, then it just like snowballs and makes everything go out. And you're not playing with people; you're just playing with a video of yourself. So it's not. Yeah. Like I thought it would. I was like, oh, this will just take me ten minutes. It took me bloody ages. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and even at the end, I was like, oh, I you know, I wasn't happy with how it sounded. I was like. Fuck it. Yeah, just I've press, done that with GarageBand where you play along with yourself dumb. playing something else and it's yes, just like, really oh, that does one. not sound like I thought it sounded. <laughs> exactly. It was like, this sounded so good in my head. <laughs> but no. Yeah. Yeah. no, it didn't in real life. Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> like, so I might do some more, but like, acapella is good for that, for getting like bosses out or grooves or whatever, yeah. just so that you can see how everything fits together on top of each other. But then it's not everyone learns well, that well from that. I mean, if you're an experienced player, then sure, you can see that and go, and then just watch right, the Kaisha and go, right, okay, I right. see what the Kaisha does, and then figure it out. But some people need it. If you're not at that point where that's you can learn in that way, then you need stuff explained. Does it and let that, you so, separate the videos out? Like, can you just, like, for instance, take the the Kaisha just part sa- out? and Save it out? No, you can't save it out. But what you can do is you can mix this. I don't think you can, as far as I know. Um, but what I know you can do is you can mix the sound and keep remixing it so what you could do is if you have a you know four screens on there you have you know four parts three sodas one kaisha whatever you can go into the the mixer and then mute all the sodas gotcha and just have the kaisha playing and then um bounce that video out so you then have that video yeah gotcha yeah with just the sound of the kaisha Mm -hmm. and then you go back into the program and then change it and just have one sodas and then so you still got all the things visually on the screen but you yeah. just have access to one sound but cool i'm not going to do that nine times in these videos just figure it out <laughs> i'm not going to waste my time <laughs> yeah. figure it out or, or not yeah it's fine. right on i spent right i on. spent long enough <laughs> in my yeah. kitchen yeah. yeah well to you and anybody else out there is listening if you guys are making these things and and you're gonna have a samba dance class or you're gonna do a class yeah. let us know like like ping cool. ping or sharing yeah, Diana is like watching Facebook, and she put, <laughs> put it out really quickly. So, yeah, and also, and also, people should just be putting your thing out there as well. Like, I, I, I messaged you guys a, a couple of days ago just to be. That's how this ended up happening. And here you message. are. Yeah, yeah, I know. Look what happened. <laughs> you know, talking about tits on the internet. Um, <laughs> but no, I say, um, <laughs> like you know. It's these things like I'm a real big fan of radio, like community radio and stuff like that. And I've never been a big one for podcasts, but what you guys are doing is is awesome, and it's really interesting, and it's really it's really valuable what you're doing. And you know, I, I had been meaning to say so for ages, and I finally did the other day. Um, got in touch with you guys to say thank you and to say well done, and to say keep on doing what you're doing, which I'm sure is is what you like to hear, right? You know, you've got to yes, people, definitely. We'd love to hear. You, from you can't be getting to, like it's a very one-sided conversation what you're putting out right it's unless you're getting feedback from people so listeners out there but you know tell write in and tell them they're good or write in and tell them you like it <laughs> or give us right, well, give us five star you, reviews exactly <laughs> do that i need to do that i'll do that I'll do <laughs> oh thanks Rob. um yeah no worries but yeah that and you know share this stuff and get it out and there's some other than this one there's some great great people being interviewed on this podcast um it's some really interesting stuff you know so it yeah, it's yeah. it's amazing how like small our community is worldwide. Yeah, yeah. Um, and everybody knows somebody like that you know. 
There's all yeah. that, that. Exactly. It's all a very tight knit incestuous uh, community, right? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the that's tits. Six, yeah, it's the tits. <laughs> it is. <laughs> that six degrees of separation. Yeah. Even yeah. less. Even less. Totally. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I hope you can um, edit some interesting pieces from it. Now, <laughs> Courtney cut me off before, but yeah. are there any shout outs that you have? Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I hadn't thought about this. <laughs> yeah, shout outs. Okay. Oh, um, you already totally. Well, but yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like shout outs across some. Um, uh, across Brazil, 100%, you know, teachers and and, and family over there, that, that you know, that the family at Hosea, you know, uh, Mr. Junior, uh, Estacio, uh, Chuvisco, Imperatriz um, Lolo, uh, and, the, and the America Two Vibes as well. Massive shout to Gandhi's Day, um, uh, to Nassau Puerto Rico as well. Um, and then uh, but here, you know, in Australia, people that are people that are doing it and putting stuff out there and putting themselves in, um, you know, the other schools in in Melbourne. Shouts to Ozirigi Doom, for Mark's been been going for ages, passionate about this stuff, and uh, Carlos Ferreira's here doing stuff as well. Yeah, big shouts to to everyone here, um, putting stuff putting stuff out there and, and helping grow this community. Sweet. Okay. Oh, I could go on for ages. I, I won't. <laughs> Shout out to everyone else that I didn't shout out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well, three you. wishes. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, more wishes. <laughs> thank you so much for uh, chatting with us. It was fun. Ah, oh, pleasure. Thanks. Uh, pretty nice to talk to you guys. guys liked that we sure had a good time um if you want to learn more about rob we have links to all his social media and a lot of his projects and things he's involved with like the three groups that he's <laughs> uh there and it's all on our website thebrazilianbeat.com so you can check that out and while you're there please subscribe to our email list and you'll be updated as to when we um, put out new episodes we want to give a huge shout out to all the healthcare workers out there who are risking their lives to um, go to work and do their jobs. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, my own co-workers are still treating patients daily. You know, we're running out of some supplies, which really sucks. And um, I worry about them, but I appreciate them so much. And Hiroko, Hiroko from our group. Loco Alegria is out there working too. She's a nurse working with COVID patients. Shout out to all those healthcare workers out there and um, including several of our friends. So take care. We also want to uh, give a shout out to all the musicians we know putting out music on different platforms and giving us acapella videos and doing all kinds of uh, fun things online, keeping us entertained. 
Yeah, thanks for that. That's been fun. Yes. Thanks for everybody who's been following us on Facebook and Instagram. Everyone seems to have more time <laughs> finding us. Uh, so that's kind of nice. Um, please tell your friends. Tell uh, the pe- people who normally stand next to you on um, <laughs> when at your rehearsals or like if you're on your um, Zoom meetings with your group. Tell your friends about us if you would. And uh, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. You can find more about our guests and the podcast at thebrazilianbeat.com. If you have suggestions or want to get in touch, um, you can email us, thebrazilianbeat at gmail.com, or on Twitter, thebrazilianbeat1, and that's number one. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. We're easy to find. Yes, we are. So thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys next time. Ciao.